When the crowd gets loud, that's a pop. When the crowd gets insane, that's a monster pop. Ladies and gentlemen, that's who we are. I'm your host, Dr. Destruction, PhD, accompanied by my fellow co-host, the incomparable, the hilarious, Brose Wood. Hi, how are you? And former professional wrestler and Twitch streamer extraordinaire, Reclaim Joey. Hello, hello, hello. All right, we've got uh, another great show, I think, for you guys this week. We finally hit our 100 follower goal, exceeded our 100 follower goal on Twitter. And as promised, we will have a surprise in store for uh, for you very soon. Would anyone like to uh, give a little bit of a preview of what that is? We've got a very special surprise for you. Thank you guys so much for getting us to 100 followers on Twitter. That was really cool. We promised you a surprise. So the surprise is our very, very first Twitch stream. Very first live stream on twitch.tv slash monsterpoppod. Make sure you go and follow us so you don't miss it. And uh, we're going to give you guys the exact date uh, sometime this week because we're getting everything ready. But it's going to be our very first Twitch stream where we will be doing a watch along live with you guys so you guys can actually watch wrestling with us on Twitch. I think it's going to be a really fun time to see us like more in a live environment you know uh kind of a, my forte is is like the live thing so i think it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of uh, a lot of good times to be had yeah i think it'll be a really good time for us and for our viewers and um, we're actually going to be um i won't spoil quite what we're gonna be looking at yet but it's going to follow up on a actually a listener request show so i hope you guys will all enjoy the show and our commentary yeah, we got a request for, on Facebook and a Facebook DM uh, to, for us to review something. It's going to be a retro thing. Uh, do we want to tell them now or do we want to we wanna wait? I, I think we wait. I think we wait and okay. get to reveal it at uh, at a later date. Okay. Oh, the, okay. let the tension build and salivate. Yeah, <laughs> let it simmer. But that's the surprise. It's, we're going to go ahead and do our very, very, very first Twitch stream. So thank you guys again for getting us to 100 followers. Now go follow our Twitch channel so we can get some stuff going on there as well. And you guys won't miss the surprise. So Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had some uh we had some crazy news this week. No, not actually actually it's been kind of a slow week for, for news for professional wrestling. But the crazy but the news that we did get was kind of crazy. And uh we were talking about in a listener question a couple weeks ago about who would be somebody that would be really awesome that uh, if they left WWE to go somewhere else. And one of the top ones that we all agreed on was Cesaro. And as luck would have it, Cesaro's contract ran out with WWE, and he is now a free agent. No 30-day, no compete clause because he did not get fired. He let his contract run out, and they could not come to terms on a new contract. And we get to see this motherfucker, what this motherfucker can really do. Oh, yeah. And I'm fucking pumped. I am really pumped about that. We've seen some cool stuff like uh, Eddie Kingston talking some shit on Twitter already. A lot of history there. We've been dreaming about a Kings of Wrestling uh, reunion. Man. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. What are you guys (laughs) most excited about for the release of... 
no longer Cesaro, he'll probably go back to his name, Claudio Castagnoli. I'm excited to see. I, I'm I'm just excited to see him and uh, Chris Hero tear it up again, dude. I know. I, I don't. Is is Chris Hero around a lot anymore? I haven't really seen too much from him. Uh, so what I understand, what I understand, like he was doing some backstage stuff at WWE. I don't think he's working there anymore. Uh, damn, that we would need to confirm that, huh? Uh, let me double check. I think he is no what? longer there. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. So yeah, he he's uh so yeah, he's at the could Indie Hall of Fame recently. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that Indie Hall of Fame was great. It was we watched it and saw some cool stories and stuff like that. That was like right before we started the podcast. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he uh, he he's he's gone. Kings. People have been talking about the Kings of Wrestling reunion. I just want to see him literally do anything. I would love to see him in New Japan. I was about to say because that. his talent is so high. Like I think that his talent would be best utilized in New Japan. Uh, not to say that he wouldn't be good anywhere else, especially like AEW. But man, Cesaro or fucking Claudio in New Japan would be just insane. Like. Dream match after dream match after mm-hmm. dream match after dream match. I mean, honestly, almost anywhere he goes, it, he is going to be like a dream match machine, frankly. Um, and I also want to point out, too, like, you know, yeah, we talked about him as far as someone that uh, we felt like could really needed to get out of the WWE system and do cool stuff elsewhere. But we've talked about him almost every week for, like, different questions, right? Who's, like, someone who should have been a main eventer? Him. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I think he might have been in, like, Chikara or something. But, you know, that's kind of... Um, not to undermine Chikara or anything, but that's definitely a lower tier uh, indie as far as the, sh- the visibility and notoriety of the promotion. Uh, but yeah, he's someone who criminally underutilized in that promotion. Uh, you know, we kind of talk a little bit about different things where we wish, you know, world titles meant something a little bit more. And, you know, so not everyone can be champion naturally, but WWE really isn't that place where they've cared about that. And the fact that he never had, like, a realistic shot at like I think he only had like one real like title match that he lost mm-hmm. and over like you know the 10 years or so that he was in that company is insane I don't know how he's someone who you just I just don't know what they didn't see in him it's it's absolutely incredible the waste of uh talent there and I'm so excited to see him literally wrestle anywhere else I'm just excited to see him like have really good matches again because I can't I can't remember the last time I watched a watched a match with him that really was great you know um i i know he had a lot of really good matches with uh sammy zane down in nxt which were you know six years ago i think at this point but like those those matches i want to see those again i want to see him on the indies rocking out with like i want to see no i want to see him go against will osprey dude i want to see will osprey and cesaro or claudio i want to see that that's the match i want to see all right all right top three dream matches that aren't kings of wrestling versus the briscoes (laughs) um uh let's see let's see i think i think cesaro would tear it up with okada um I already said Osprey, so I'm not gonna say him again. Uh, Jay White and and Cesaro would be incredible. And uh, hmm, I really want to see him go against Brian Danielson again. I know they did it a lot in WWE, but I think like without the WWE reigns, they could go crazy. They might have done it less than you think, because I know I when I looked at even uh, for like the John Moxley 
Brian Danielson thing. The last time they had a match at WWE was like almost like nine years ago. Um, they'd been in like a few tag matches and stuff like that, but it's probably less likely that they've actually been in the ring together in a while, but I definitely agree that would be a good one. Uh, for me, my dream matches would probably be... I Honestly, I'd love to see him have... Um, I, I don't think their feud ever got a, po- a proper conclusion on the indies, but him versus Eddie Kingston, again, would be great. Um, I think just because those two are just at like this more elevated level um, and are really kind of at the top of their game as far as, as far as like notoriety and whatnot, I'd love to see that. Um, I'd love to see, um, I mean, honestly, the Kings of Wrestling, um, I'd love to see them, like, for almost any tag team, like FTR. FTR, oh my god. The Bucks, even, um, there's so many, there's so many matches. I think those would be my three. There's, like, those two tag matches and another match against Eddie Kingston. They definitely had some really good ones back in the day, and I think that just with the level of, you know, admiration that the wrestling community really has for both these guys, I think it could be something really special. My my top three uh, would definitely be uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Claudio <laughs> versus Tomohiro Ishii, Claudio versus Shingo, and Claudio versus Okada. I know they're all New Japan guys, but those are the best in the world. And, uh, Osprey, maybe Osprey over Okada, but it's really hard to say. Like both of them, like I would really love to see that, like both of those. Like those are top. As far as like in America. Um, God, like you said, like we have very similar like choices for that. Um, him and Kenny would be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to see. This is a crazy one, but I'd love to see Claudio versus Pentagon, mm. like in a singles match. Like that would be just crazy. Uh, Claudio versus Pac. Did they ever do that in WWE? Did we see him deal have a match with Pac? I don't know. It would have been years ago. I think so. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, if we did, if, if they did, I can't remember, and that would be freaking awesome too. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, there's just an amazing, like there's just an insane amount of people that we would. But yeah, my top three would definitely be Shingo, Ishii, and Okada or Osprey. I guess that's a top four. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always cheating on the top list. I know, man. Like six it's wrestlers for the top five wrestlers. Just shameful. yeah, it's too think- hard to pick one, man. It really is. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, I almost did just as a rib to you. Um, pick Dr. Wagner Jr. and Claudio. <laughs> I would love to see that. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Wagner's great. We're going to talk about him today. But yeah, he's he's absolutely great. I can't wait to go back and watch a lot of that stuff, man. Like, I'm excited about Dr. Wagner. Uh, what, like, just, it's always fun. Like, you get that, like, you go on those rabbit holes when you discover somebody new or discover like in, in pro wrestling and you just fucking end up watching just everything that you can and you just consume a lot. Like I said, like I, I mentioned on the other shows, but we were been on like me and my friend Dave have been on this, uh, this Joshi kick and we've been watching some stuff and then, um, but it's, it's fun. It's fun to go down there. We've done like, we were at one point we were watching some eighties, some stuff from the eighties and, uh, like Tully Blanchard matches. Tully was it Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA in a cage? It's fucking awesome. Like we were watching all those all that stuff and like that's whenever COVID hit. Like we were watching that stuff like weekly. And uh so it's always really fun to like find stuff that you really like and then you just start going down that rabbit hole and just like discovering crazy matches that you didn't know somebody had. And you're like, Oh my god, this happened and you're just fucking glued to your phone watching it on YouTube and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
when it's always fun too when you discover someone that's like quote unquote new but like they're just new to you so they've been around forever right like someone like a dr wagner jr so you've uh you know like you you discover him and it's like oh he's been wrestling for 30 plus years so he you've got 30 years of stuff that like is probably you know a decent chunk of it's probably worth going back and watching and you can just do that at your leisure and most pro wrestling it's timeless like you could Mm -hmm. pop in like you know uh, Barry Windham versus Ric Flair today and watch that and just be amazed by it. Like, and it's, you know, 30 years old or something or more. 100%. So, yeah, like, it's timeless. Pro wrestling is absolutely timeless. Man, we have, uh, speaking of that, we have a lot of, uh, we have a couple of reviews for you today. We're going to be reviewing GCW and uh, AEW's offering as usual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we watched the full GCW show this time, so we're going to have the full show to, to talk to you about today. Yeah, so GCW Welcome to Heartbreak was last night, uh, and open up with the Briscoes versus Jacob Fatu and uh, Juicy Funau, I think is how you pronounce his name. Yeah, uh, Juicy Funau, yeah, exactly. This was a pretty good, hard-hitting match between these guys. The main issue, and like this sort of got fixed late in the show but not perfectly which was just the production quality on the end i think the commentary once said that they were using gopros and when they weren't on the hard cam damn did it show that they were using inferior means you had all kinds of weird lag and frame rate drops uh audio was always out of sync so like you always heard the three before you actually saw the pin the audio being out of sync literally lasted the entire show. Yep. Like the full show, we fucking dealt with it the entire show. And the 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 frame rate didn't have any drops. It was just fucking low the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Not the entire show, but they finally fixed it after two matches. But man, like GCW needs to get their fucking shit together. They're one of the top. They're the top indie now, mm-hmm. and probably the third most relevant company in the entire world. There's no more fucking excuse about this. They need to have somebody in there that knows what the fuck they're doing and improve improve their fucking production. Cause that shit sucks. People pay for your shows, motherfuckers. God damn it. Like people pay for it. And like you can't even have the audio in sync and you can't even have like a good frame rate. Like, oh my God. And the lighting and everything. And I, I love the punk rocks like I love the punk rock feel of these shows. That's I love it. As a punk rock kid, I fucking love the raw punk rock feel of a GCW show. But that doesn't mean I don't want to fucking see it. I want to see the fucking show, you know? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's sorry. It's a rant, but it just it's just frustrating. We spent the entire time watching stuff like big moves, uh finishes. The audio was <laughs> off, so we knew that somebody got a three count before they got the three count when we saw it. It can ruin the fucking show, and that's that's such a no no to me. It's oh, it's the, time. And the promos were like almost on I mean they all said mic issues too, but the promos were for the most part, horrible. Like you couldn't tell what was hap- what was being said or anything. Yeah, you couldn't um, hear anything. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And like it, it's that if if you if it, what am I trying to say here? It's just it's just time. You bring in all these freaking big stars, these huge stars, John Moxley's and shit like that, and Matt Cardona's and all these freaking stars, and you're probably paying them pretty good money. Put some put a little fucking money into production because to be honest even though you're bringing in great people and you have a good roster, like GCW is more over than anybody, any one person on the show. 
even an, even Nick Gage. And GCW's over. So put some money into the production. You have a great graphics department. They have a great like they have a great roster. They have a lot of a lot of stuff going for them. Like please, please, I'm fucking begging you. Because every single freaking episode, every single show that I get that we watch has fucking production problems like big ones so sorry rant over well and i guess like another thing i'd like to add about that real quick with like the big stars is i don't have to watch gcw to watch moxley or cardona they're on tv well i mean impact you know you you do you do but you can do that you can watch them elsewhere i would argue i would argue they don't have any value i'm just saying that if you know, like, you don't fix these production issues, the rest of your show is not like good enough to be like, you know, oh, I watched it for these guys, but now I'm interested in staking around. You're not going to retain an audience that way. That's a great point. I would argue that the Matt Cardona that we see in GCW is not the Matt Cardona you oh, see yeah, anywhere that, that's else. That's also fair. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. <yeah. laughs> what did you think about this opening match, uh, Brose? Uh, I think Jacob Fatu is like seriously underrated i think he's like he he's he's got the look like the look that like gets over i guess Mm -hmm. is the word i'm looking for um and i think like if he if he signs with like a big company anytime soon that he's gonna be a star that he's he's too good not to be a star um what was the big guy's name again what was his name juicy fanu he's cool he's cool looking um he um i think he can also he he also has something in him and then you know the briscoes are the briscoes you know the briscoes are fucking best so um i really like this match and it was it was like action-packed and unfortunately with like the whole frame rate issue a lot of the stuff didn't really look as crisp as it could but they they were doing some big spots big dives and mark is just is uh absolute maniac and Jay is just so uh, has been so good for the past like 15 years so it's like dude the match was great and it was a really fun time watching it even though it was kind of difficult to watch it. Yeah, it, it's absolutely fucking absurd that Briscoe's haven't been picked up somewhere at a big company. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fucking absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. They have a license to print money and it's absolutely fucking absurd and it's also absolutely fucking absurd that nobody's picked up Jacob Fatu. Like holy fuck, like mm-hmm. I, it's it's crazy to me. Jacob Vatu is so so good, and just he's there. He's polished. He's there, and so I just it that it just blows my mind. And you know where you can see them? Fucking GCW. So yeah. Well, honestly, I even like Fatu. I can honestly see him even working in WWE. To be completely honest. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah like, he, he fits. Be fine. Their, yeah. He fits their style. He fits their look. Like he sure does. He would, he like, would fit right in. Jacob Fatu is so freaking versatile. He could literally work anywhere, like anywhere. He's just somebody you could throw him. You could put him in like the territory days and he'd freaking work. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can put him anywhere. So, uh, put him, they could sign him, put him next to Roman next week and he's over, dude. Like he's, yeah. he's the kid looks great. He looks great. Yeah. He's like a, like a young Umaga. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. 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 But be- even better. Yeah. He's better than Umaga. And, uh, like it's it's crazy, I, and the match was good. Match was good. Like it was hard to watch, so it's really hard for me to like sit here and review it. It's it was just so just like it was giving me a headache. The frame rate was giving me a headache, but I was like, I was like, I was committed to pushing through and watching that match. And 
it really took a lot away from it. And but I know the match was really good. Uh, I, I I wish it, I wish it was under different circumstances, and I hope to see that again. Yeah, they they announced they announced another they announced the world another the next world title match at the end, right? They, they announced the next uh, tag match. Yeah, they they, they were going for a gotcha. rematch against Gage and Tremont. Yeah, um, world and, tag team titles. Yep, uh, and I can't remember which show they said that would be at, but uh, commentary then put uh, advertised a few of their next shows, including Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which they personally invited Texas Governor. Greg Abbott too. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> oh man, dude. Oh my god. There's no way he's ever going to hear that, but No. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, dude. I fuck Greg crowd Abbott. Crowd would eat him alive. Oh my god, dude. Crowd would eat him alive. <laughs> the um yeah, I th- all these all these matches that they're making on this show, they're going to be at the Dallas uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. By the way, we have a lot of WrestleMania weekend sh- stuff planned including wrestlemania we're gonna we're gonna cover wrestlemania so um stay tuned for that stuff we have a lot of wrestlemania weekend stuff planned there's so many gcw shows njpw is running a show impact's running a show everybody's running stuff so it's gonna be packed Mm -hmm. with stuff to check out and talk about i'm sure there's gonna be insane news coming up to that point too so stay tuned for that Yep. Then next up, we had Nick Wayne versus Blake Christian. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So this one had the same production issues, which did not help. But the match itself was also just not very good. This was very, very much that co- overly choreographed style where everything feels like it's pre-planned. It looks more like a dance than a fight. Uh, there's just a lot of things here. Uh, Blake Christensen is good, but he's not like the kind of guy who can really carry a good match with someone who's not also good. And Nick Wayne, he the guy's sixteen, and it shows. He's green. He's really green. Um, like Blake Christensen is really good, and you can tell he's really good. But we're also still having the frame rate issues. Maybe we would have enjoyed it more if they the frame rate issues were resolved at this point, but they weren't. And there was just a bunch of like it. There's there's like good wrestlers that do like crazy like fast spots where they're just doing counter after counter. They're counting upon counter and pounding counting upon counter, and it looks good. This did not. I, Nick Wayne is young. He's really green. He probably has a future. I know he just got signed to AEW or not, yeah, he just got signed to AEW under like a developmental kind of thing, but. Man, I hate that fucking choreographed style. It looks like a cheerleading routine. It looks it's it looks bad. And you can't when you do things like that in a pro wrestling match and I'm speaking from experience, when you do things like that, you can't react naturally or you don't think to react. You probably could react, but you don't think about it all the time. Like sometimes in wrestling like nothing really goes to plan, right? Or not, it's okay. I'm not going to say sometimes. Re- in wrestling nothing ever really goes to plan. So there's always like room to do things uh, on the fly. You make a decision. In this case, there was like a part where Nick Wayne went for the Ace Crusher from the top rope through a, a door. They had like a door that which they use in GCW instead of like tables. It's like their signature, and it's from the top rope. And Nick Wayne lands on the door, and Blake Christian completely misses the door. 
and Nick Wayne is doing the move to Blake Christian, but it, Nick took the freaking brunt of the, of, of the impact. And he does this really bad sell. He gets up. He does this really bad sell where he just puts his hand on his back, doesn't like lay there for a minute when they just took this crazy bump. And he goes, he immediately goes for the cover on Blake Christian. Blake Christian kicks out and it just makes Nick Wayne look fucking weak. It looks so bad. I just don't understand why you wouldn't like just think to just sell, just fucking sell, like take your time. And I remember like, I remember when I was being trained, one of the, like the thing that I would hear from every trainer. And even like when I went to seminars and things like that, I would hear the same thing. If you're going, if you feel like you're going too slow, you're going the right speed. And in fact, some of them would say that you could go even slower. Like you have to like move slow. Cause when you're watching something happen in a, in a match, you don't, you like, you learn how to like not have wasted motion and you take your time and you move really slow. It doesn't look slow to people that are watching if you're doing it the right way. So this is one of those this is one of those points. I know I'm talking a lot and not letting you guys talk, but um, I just wanted to share that experience with you guys. I just I did not I did not like this match. I have high hopes for Nick Wayne. I think Blake Christian is good. This match was the shits. Don't worry about thinking that you're talking too much because you literally have experience in this, and that's what we want to exactly. hear. So okay. don't feel that way. All right. I appreciate um, it. Th- this match, I felt there was just it was just. Move after move after move, and there was just like getting to that move. There was nothing in between, you know. There was no, there was no, just like no one powdered out. No one was just like chilling. Nobody, nobody no sold selling, anything. Yeah. It was just, it was, it, it just felt, it just felt like a dance, like, 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 Casa, like a PhD said. <laughs> um, it was, it just felt like a dance. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like a, a wrestling match. It felt choreographed and it was it was it was it wasn't boring i'll say that it wasn't boring they were doing they were doing a lot of cool spots but that's all it was they didn't mean anything just yeah they didn't mean anything so it it was uh maybe maybe it was us uh, also you know having the the production problems because the crowd did like start like a fight forever chance so like they were obviously enjoying it but i guess it just wasn't uh it just wasn't for us. <laughs> I can tell you right now, if I was there, I would not have been one of the ones chanting fight forever. I would have been like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Crowds chant some weird shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <True. laughs> what uh, what, na- what match was next? Uh, Tony Deppin versus Kevin Blackwood in a fairly similar style, but like without any of the like real issues there, right? They weren't working towards as many high stop- high spots they definitely just worked more of like an actual match. Um, this was like, they this was did like, it. They, it was an example of doing it the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah. And there was like some cool spots in there. Um, and you know, kind of like one of the things with uh, Nick Wayne, that's sort of another critique is that he very much emulates Will Ospreay to the point where he even does like when he sets up for the, the Oz cutter, he even does like the little like hand gesture and whatnot, which again, it just, it makes it look like you're just copying him, but this stood out really because... It looks like a mark. Yeah, and like the way Deppin wins, he does the cattle mutilation, which is uh, Brian Danielson's, um, sing- one of his signature um, finishers. But his is a little different because instead of um, just grabbing both arms, the other arm is actually grabbing uh, his opponent's neck. 
So he's like kind of strangling him and they like the cameras show like it's this modified version. So this is how you do it right is you take an existing thing and give your own spin on it. You don't just copy and paste and pretend that like, oh, yeah, like this works for this guy. So it has to work for me. Yeah, the match was awesome. And it was a great example. Like that's the kind of example is like uh, that that's the theme of the two matches together is that. The, the, the match before was the wrong way to do that style, and the match there was the right way to do that style. It's like the junior heavyweight indie style. And it was just, it was awesome. Tony Deppin is really, really good. His partner, uh, what was his name? Kevin Blackwood? Yeah. It was my first time seeing yeah. him. I thought he was really good. I'm not really too uh, fond of his look and like his presence and stuff, but I thought, but his skill is there. I thought he was really freaking good. The chain wrestling in the beginning was was something that was like a highlight for me personally. I thought it was I thought it was really well done, and then made both guys look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to see some booty cheeks from Devin, <laughs> which was <laughs> which was uh, okay. Thanks. Um, but I thought the match overall was really it was action packed and it was it was well paced and it, maybe there it was a bit of a spot fest like the one before, but it was definitely done well. It was done with storytelling, and it was just, it was good. It was a good match. And mind you, the the, the frame rate issues were fixed at this point. They actually had, True. like, a stop, and it said, like, technic- I don't remember what it said, but it, it said, was like, like the technical difficulties, feed, yeah. or, yeah, it was the fight TV now loading or something like that. So they pulled down the feed, and then they fixed the issues, and they brought it back up. The frame rate issues were gone. The audio issues persisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, which mm-hmm. sucked, and that persisted throughout the rest of the show. So that did suck, and it, but we did we we powered through it. At least our eyes weren't bleeding from watching low frame rates. True. <laughs> yeah, and then we moved on to the next match. But before that, I do need to point out that the finish oh. had no oh, kissing yeah. or hugging. Oh yeah, there was no True. kissing or hugging. Which In actually fact, was somewhat got... of a theme on this show. But yeah, just <laughs> getting away We've from criticized... that is so good. We've criticized that in the past with GCW and our indie shows in general where they just like hug and they kiss and they shake hands and they show respect to each other after the match and it just happens all the fucking time. It's one thing to do that, like especially after like a crazy feud, like um, to we've talked about it before, like it's, it's okay to do that. You finally earn somebody's respect or something like that, but it happens so freaking much. In this match, Tony Deppin got in Kevin's face. They fucking... Uh, touch foreheads like they were gonna fucking fight tony deppin pushes him you know kevin was like you know it's not good sportsmanship you know he kind of put conveyed that a little bit they did a really good job with their like body language and stuff and then he left and that was that's how that's how shit should go it doesn't always need to be like that but that is good i don't want to see people kissing and hugging (laughs) after a match but the actual next match oh boy Ninja Mac versus Speedball Mike Bailey. This thing starts, and it is not a wrestling match. This is two ninjas, shinobi, if you will, going at it. Kicks, dodges, all that stuff. Not no grapples or anything for like the first like felt like ten minutes or so of this match. Uh, this was just really unique all around. Uh, both these guys are really good at what they do. Uh, there was some cool uh, high spots. There was a uh, later in the match, we get a the crowd actually helped Ninja Max set up a ladder, and him and Speedball <laughs> go up on this like it's not a balcony, but it's just like this like a couple feet that are like protruding from the wall, and it's apparently like ten to uh, twelve to fifteen feet above the ground according to commentary. 
and they fight up there for a bit, then Speedball hits the crane kick. Two weeks in a row of Karate Kid references. And uh, <laughs> and then kicks uh, Ninja Mac off it, and he crashes through a, uh, a door that they had set up later. Uh, he makes a brief comeback later, and then his Phoenix Splash is countered, and Bailey wins uh, with uh, a kick and uh, then a... Uh, I can't remember what the exact move was, but he kind of slammed him down. Uh, looked close-ish to like the one-winged angel, but it wasn't quite that. Uh, but this was just a really fun match, really unique. Yeah, it was it was cool. Um, man, that that fall was far. I'm pretty sure it was higher than twelve. Yeah, it looked feet. way it was, higher than that. It, it was so high. It was really, really, really high. And Ninja Matt comes falling down. He looked terrified a little bit. You can kind of yeah. see it in his body language, <laughs> which is understandable. But he came down and took a beautiful bump right there on that on that door and it was brutal we were freaking going nuts and the match was just crazy like like at the beginning like he was saying it was ninja stuff like they were doing like movie level ninja stuff like kicking at each other doing these crazy no like editing. spin flips no <laughs> editing obviously it's pro wrestling and uh it's they're doing like crazy like like spin flips, like like spinning like a top while in midair doing a flip, like crazy stuff. And they're doing similar stuff to what the guys were doing earlier where they were doing like counter upon counter, counter upon counter, but they weren't doing like normal pro wrestling stuff or even high flying stuff. They were doing ninja shit. It was <laughs> badass. It was so badass. And uh, both guys are... podcast. Yeah. Ninja shit. <laughs> ninja shit. <laughs> and it was... They were... Um, they just fucking tore it up I mean, there's just nothing to say about it is i mean nothing else to say about it we were like wow how are you gonna at that point we we're like how are you gonna beat that how are you gonna fucking top that like that's where we were on that show at that point point. and still i think it's one of the more memorable matches on the show period yeah i think so too and like yeah. I, I look back at it right i look back at it and um the nick wayne and and uh uh blake christensen match that was choreographed in a bad way this was choreographed in a great way. It was because it was just fun to watch. It was just just fast paced and just strikes and kicks and flips and Ninja Mac doing the 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 what was it a, like a triple hand back handspring out the yeah. ring? That was insane. <laughs> it was wow. it was great and it was it was choreographed perfectly. The the right way to choreograph a match like that. Well, yeah, so, because it's it's fast paced enough that you don't notice that like ah uh, yes like they kind of were like pre programmed to do this right. It feels almost robotic yeah. in that first match, whereas here it doesn't feel that way. It was fluid. It was like, it was like water flowing down a river. It was great. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. Next we have the GCW Extreme Championship match: ACH versus AJ Gray. Uh, another uh. actually pretty solid match. Uh, this they work a really physical style, um, some cool reversals and whatnot. Um, there was this deadlift German from ACH uh, about like halfway through the match that really uh, the crowd popped for it. We kind of popped for it too. Um, yeah. This was a pretty solid match. Yeah, I love this match. I actually thought it was better than every match that's come before it at this point. I know I like different. We have different tastes and stuff, but like this match was just. It it was like it told a good story. ACH is inhuman, and AJ Gray is just a fucking like smash mouth, no nonsense, like doesn't give a fuck wrestler, and he beats ass. And it was it was really good. I I love watching AJ Gray work, and um, uh, ACH is just uh, very underrated, I think. And they were just awesome. They had like 
they had good gear and like it's it's, it's a weird thing to like compliment that they had good gear <laughs> but they look they look per, they really professional and they stood out they stood out to me on this show uh of how good they looked and stuff and there was just a lot to like about this match for me just a good like beat ass wrestling match and it was uh i love i loved it the the finish was crazy two freaking hard uh lariats well and, what i liked uh, about it too was the first lariat um ach kicks out at one and then he just picks yeah. him up and just hits him even harder yeah usually you would see like a like a big fire up after a kick out at one and people would be like oh that's crazy and then they would go into a sequence but that's what i like about aj gray it was like nah dude fuck you and he fucking hit him harder with a lariat like just didn't even let him get going and it was like nope and then put him back down and then that was the finish i loved this finish i loved this match and to me like so far that was the best match for me yeah, this match was insane, dude. I think AJ is a fucking badass, dude. As of as the first match I've ever watched with him, I we didn't watch his last match from not the last show, but the show before. Um, mm-hmm. so this is my first time seeing him, and he's fu- he's he's he looks like a star, dude. Like he's he's just big and beefy, and just and he just wants to fuck people up, and I love that. And then ACH is ACH. He's one of the best. Just all-arounders in the in the world right now so um this match was great uh the finish was mind-blowingly good just the the oh the the finish was really good really really good and i enjoyed it a lot i i don't think uh uh, what's it called i don't think while i was watching i realized how how good it was but like hearing you guys talk about it i'm like yeah that was actually a really really good match so yeah, I, I did enjoy it in the moment, but I was just kind of, I don't know, maybe I was tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a long day, we long night, long day. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the match, uh, because AJ Gray previously won the ladder match at the Hammerstein Ballroom for the Brass Ring, uh, which lets him challenge for anyone for any match, any title, so he challenges, of course, the GCW World Champion, John Moxley at Spring Break. This promo had shades of Booker T and Hulk Hogan from WCW. If you've seen that promo before, I will not repeat what was said. But <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, the famous Booker T. Yeah, he said it. He didn't care. Well, it reminded me of like New, a New Jack promo. It was badass, yeah. and like he didn't have a problem with with saying anything specific. He said motherfucker. He said every. He said everything. We'll just put it at that and. <laughs> Uh, him versus John Moxley's. I, I'm excited about that. That's another one that's going to be in Dallas during WrestleMania weekend. And he was like, uh, it's, that's just two brawlers. Yeah. They're both really good brawlers. And there's not a whole lot of brawlers left in, uh, in wrestling right now. There's not a whole lot of them, you know, not a whole lot of Terry Funk like brawlers. But John Moxley is the top brawler, and AJ Gray is a really good one in, in GCW. So I'm stoked for this match. I can't wait to see it. And then next we had Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Homicide with Nick Gage on commentary. At the start of this, um, it's it's really similar to the start we got for Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Joey Janela, the last show we reviewed for them, uh, where he just kind of like it's just sort of like playing to the crowd and like Wagner's that does it really like shamelessly. He just keeps you know he hears the crowd decides where he's going to throw his mask and whatnot. But then after that, you know, kind of posturing to the crowd, if you will, he goes full heel. He's in control for most of this match. Uh, he even gets physical with the ref. Uh, just kind of beats the crap out of Homicide. Homicide barely gets any real uh, offense. Uh, and then Wagner wins with a modified uh, 
slam. And that was kind of it. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on with these homicide matches. I love homicide. I think he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And just something has been really off about these matches. He's not bad. In fact, he's still good, but he's not getting offense in, and the matches aren't as exciting as I I know homicide matches to be. So something is really weird, and I have no idea what's going on. Doctor Wagner was amazing. This was like a little this this this. If you knew who Doctor Wagner Junior is, it's a dream match. And after seeing him last uh, last last time we watched, uh, I was like excited about this match. It was a dream match for me, even though I didn't even know about Doctor Wagner Junior very much. And I was excited, and it was just, it was it was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there. I felt like it was almost disappointing, because, like, yeah. uh, you had said it while we were watching that it was, like, just starting to get good, and they just kind of ended it. And then, you know, Dr. Wagner had his promo, which was, I thought it was great, because I understood most of it. <laughs> and then yeah. he brought in the, the kid from the crowd, and that was really... Uh, Do you want to say was... the one line that you had translated early? Um, he's like, he basically said, if, uh, if you understand Spanish, fuck your mother. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, I thought the promo was really, it was probably the best part. I think, honestly, no, I think the best part of it was, uh, Nick Gage on commentary. The whole, that was the best part of the match. Um, yeah, he's funny. He's funny. And it was just, it was, yeah, that was, I found that more entertaining than, than the match itself. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just kind of there. I, I wished I wished it got going a little bit more. Maybe, maybe someone's working with an injury. I don't know. Like, uh, it's just it's it's, possible. It felt slow and it felt more pandering to the crowd than anything. Yeah, and I, I mentioned that too, especially when the a few weeks ago that there was in the Hammerstein Ballroom there was the Mox versus Homicide match where it was basically almost exactly the same as this, where it felt like Homicide was something wasn't right, and that that was why he was kind of just working through the match in a way where he was kind of a glorified jobber in a lot of ways, which is kind of insane for someone with that history. Uh, the Nick Cage on commentary, I do want to talk about that briefly. It was just kind of, it was. It felt like a guy on a podcast, which I know is pretty meta, but it was just basically him just talking about like, oh yeah, you know, Dr. Wagner Jr. is, you know, one of my you know, professional wrestling heroes and homicides, you know, one of my best friends, apparently the first guy that ta- reached out to him when he was in prison. So it was just like him like kind of just talking about these guys and occasionally some of the stuff that was happening. It was a really different flair to commentary than you're usually used to seeing in professional wrestling. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, just Nick Gage is just the fucking best. All <laughs> I love, I love Nick Gage. He's, I could listen to him talk for hours. That's how we got pumped about the show today. We actually listened to some Nick Gage cameos just to get <laughs> like in the zone, laughing and enjoying like his wholesomeness and stuff like that. Like I fucking love that guy. And then next, to get him on the show one day. That's that's the dream. Make it happen, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> get us noticed. Uh, but next up, we had an eight-man tag match, which was Team Reefer. Uh, I can't remember whoever that was on that was, but it was Grim Reefer, uh, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, and it was heels versus baby. Yeah, faces. heels versus baby face, and then I think the the heels were the second gear and friends. Uh, this was, uh, if you're familiar with any multi-man matches uh, in GCW, kind of just like a cool little chaos show- showcase. Uh, in some cases, uh, as a showcase implies, not everything was uh, perfect because some people in the ring are just not as good. So the highlight of this match was probably Grim Reefer when he fires up, lights a joint, 
and he just goes to town on everyone. He did this cool uh, power slam to the corner and pile driver onto Dark Sheik, I believe is her name. Uh, did a Hurricane Rana and uh, crossface to uh, Gringo Loco, our boy, our main man. And then he uh, his comeback sort of ends with him getting. He was clearly supposed to do like a Harley Race type bump where you're supposed to go over the ropes, but he basically just got decapitated into the ropes by Matthew Justice, which looked it looked so brutal. But the the note here is that he had the joint in his mouth the entire time, including during that spot, uh, which is hilarious. Um, he he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, he can do a lot of you know cool stuff, and I am I'm, I'm not much of a weed smoker myself, but it is kind of funny just seeing this guy who's just getting a high and winning yeah uh, and th- it's, it's real over the top like he's just really funny to, to watch do that he kind of fires up with it he like um like his spinach for popeye and he starts going crazy he he's really talented but he's kind of a novelty and he's just a lot of fun to watch that's it <laughs> exactly yeah and then we got to the less so good stuff in the match ally cash and jordan oliver yeah um i i uh Really, really, really want to love Jordan Oliver. I think that he's got a fuck ton of potential. I've seen him have really great matches, um, but then he falls into these like really bad habits sometimes. And the stuff with him and Allie Catch was just so bad, and she's so bad, and it was. I was very disappointed. I was really freaking gutted watching that awful stuff. They were just hitting each other like missing each other with their kicks and hits and they were hitting each other real soft, not laying it in. I don't know if he didn't want to hit a woman or what, like maybe he wasn't comfortable with working with her that way, but I think he has before. I don't really understand what was going on right there, but it was just, it was atrocious. <laughs> and I'm very disappointed in Jordan Oliver straight up. I felt like that the entire bad. match was just kind of, it was kind of just there to watch. Like it was like a, like a car wreck <laughs> and yeah i mean the highlight for me was probably uh grim reefer with the joint but like he kept it in for so long and it was insane <laughs> yeah. even with the botched like lariat over the t- i mean clothesline over the top it was like honestly that was even better to be that honest, was what they probably had planned the fact that he had it in his mouth still when like i don't know i i commend him on that like i i couldn't do that <laughs> like they would be it would have fallen out um he's a man committed to getting a high he really is <laughs> and when he gave it to what was his name matthew justice and he's yeah that was that was funny i thought it was it was it was a fun match but it was just like it was just kind of there you know when justice did this cool spot where he did a i can't i think it was to jack cartwheel he speared him through a door, and the like, top of the door just went flying. Yeah. <laughs> that was an incredible visual. <laughs> uh, I, I, I the... popped hard for that. I yelled for that. that was, yeah, it was so cool. It was, it was really cool. I, I love the, uh, like, it, this is one of GCW's, for better or for worse, uh, signatures. The car wreck, the, the clusterfuck, and they're just a lot of fun to watch. And sometimes you see, like, when you do see the bad stuff, most of the time you're laughing at it because it's so funny and bad. You know, it's a fuck up, whatever. It's like really funny, and then it's like it's like a glitch in a video game. Like you, you see like somebody <laughs> ragdolling around, and it's really hilarious or something. It's just like that, and then then you also see the really good stuff, and then you're taken by surprise because it's such a car accident. You don't expect anything good at all, and then you see something really really cool happen. And that's where we saw like Sam Sam Stackhouse do something cool, like the spinning heel kick. I remember stuff like yeah. that. Like it was there's 
I do enjoy watching GCW scramble matches. And the uh, finish was pretty cool. Gringo Loco gave this uh, twisting power bomb from the top rope. Uh, and that was such a cool way to get the win. Of course, you know, I'm spoiled by the audio delay, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I did forget to mention, though, back with the uh, Dr. Wagner match, there was uh, this weird bit in the crowd where someone handed him something and he shoved it down his trunks. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like uh, it was like a penny or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. Uh, it, it's funny because it reminded me of a story. Reminded me of a story. This was like only like two years ago. It had nothing to do with me wrestling or anything. But I was at an Impact show. Uh, I was at an Impact show. It was the it was it was a pay per view in here in Dallas, and we were sitting like right next to the exit way, like like we're not the entryway, but like the exit way, like where people would leave after a match. And so Rob Van Dam just had a match, and he's coming down, and he's like. Uh, He's like walking through and uh, he walks by right where we are. And I'm sitting next to this other guy and there he's so close to us. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's Rob Van Dam or whatever. And the guy, I guess he's like, yeah, I know Rob. And he goes up to him and he tries to give him like a high, like a, like a handshake five or something. And then all of a sudden, like just stuff starts spilling out of their hands and it hits the floor, and it sounds like a bunch of Skittles. It sounds like a bag of Skittles got opened and spilled all over the floor. And there's pills. I don't know what kind of pills they were, but there were pills everywhere. And then RVD's like, what the fuck? And I'm sitting here because I was about to take a picture because he was really close. And I got a picture of him, like, pissed off. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, because <laughs> like, all the pills are all over the floor. And he didn't even fucking, like, he was so mad. And he freaking just turned around and he went back to the uh, back to the locker room, and then he just left all the pills there. And all and the guy had to go and pick up all the pills. And he goes, "Oh yeah, um, RVD got me in the show, and uh, this is you know he he wanted me to hook him up and stuff. And like he had all those pills, but he fucking completely fucked it up. He shit the bed whenever whenever <laughs> RVD came by with the fucking pills. But yeah, I still have that picture somewhere." <laughs> But yeah, I mean, another wrestler, I guess, you know, committed to his uh, his practices, right? Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Uh, so that was the uh, scramble match and the uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. thing. Um, we then had the main event of Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, the major league players or something like that. I can't remember what they're the major players. called. The major players. Yeah. Versus Joey Janela and Sean Waltman in his first match in, was it nine years, they said? Yeah, or was it six years, nine years? It was long. Six, it, yeah. It was, it was a, a long time. Long-ass time, no matter what, yeah. And uh, he looked good in this match. Um, they, uh, He got a couple hot tags. Uh, he's actually the one who ended up uh, winning, did this really cool uh, X-Factor through the top rope through a door to Brian Myers. Um, there was another a number of cool spots there, too. There was another X-Factor... Uh, into an elbow drop from Joey Janela to Cardona, which he actually kicked out of, which was kind of surprising. Uh, this was just a fun you know, dog and pony show thing. Chelsea Green was on the outside kind of helping um, her husband, Matt Cardona, at various points. Uh, pretty good match overall. Uh, what would you guys think? Go ahead, Brose. Uh I thought the match was, was pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, it was it, it felt short again. I don't know if that was just me who felt that it was short, but... It kind of did, yeah. Um, maybe maybe a couple other matches went long. Who knows? Um, 
but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, it had some good spots in it. Chelsea Green. You could hear uh, Chelsea kind of uh, talking to the ref, telling like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> Brian needs time. Brian needs time, or something like that." So uh, yeah. I'm assuming maybe maybe he got he got winded or I don't know. Um, but you could hear there was that there was that spot on the outside where um, he got hit like. He was supposed to go through the door, but like I even called it when they had set it up on the chair. That I'm like, this isn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. And call he that. was like next yeah. to it, and he like the commentary even called that he had, like his head just like bounced off of like the yeah the floor. That might have been what why he needed more time. It could have been that, but it could have also been like yeah, like something else. It, well, like I said earlier, like when you have something planned and you see an opportunity to sell or do something else. You can be like, uh, you could, you could, you can communicate that to the ref. Yeah, and he, he mm. could have been, he could have been like, oh yeah, I got to tell the ref I need this or something like that. You, I've, I've done that numerous times where he's like, hey, can you, you know, watch the, watch this or hey, wait for this or what happened? You know, you you can communicate that. I'm not saying that he wasn't hurt, but I'm saying that that would yeah. be a situation where you might see something like that too. Yeah, and Brian Myers is going to be a guy that knows how to do that as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, wow. one one spot that also comes to mind was when um. When X Pac was going for the for the Bronco Buster and the boot just goes up and just straight into his uh nether region. His um, <laughs> that that looked brutal. How do you how do you like fake that? Like can like how do you how do you work that? I, I, would, I don't I, I I would think like so when he when he did the chair, he had like a he probably had his hands down mm-hmm. and he had it on the chair and he was probably just putting pressure on the chair out and as the uh as the um Dropkick came in, and that's probably all he did. Well, no, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm, I was talking about the spot where he's ru- like he's running into going for the Bronco Buster. I don't know oh. if it was if it was Cardona or Myers who put their boot up, but it oh, was midair and they just smacked. So, so I don't. <laughs> here's a secret. So, like, remember when I said like old timers will tell you like, oh, if you're going too slow, you're going the right speed. That's one of those things. It looks like you fucking go straight into it, and it's brutal. But it might actually just look like that. But he actually like kind of landed. That's, that's that's like the art of working, right? Like you land on it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't always happen like that, but um, he probably landed just fine on it. And he, his fucking foot probably did actually touch his dick and balls, but it probably wasn't as bad as it looked <laughs> it hurt but maybe it watching was. it dude they made yeah, it look yeah. good at least because <laughs> yeah it hurt when i saw that <laughs> yeah and maybe or maybe it was and like you know uh maybe fucking sean walton put fucking rolls of toilet paper right there so you like you know just cushion the fucking hit or something i don't know like you if you have a planned spot and you know it's coming up then you can make preparations as well and uh, you know what? You know something I never learned how to do, and I still to this day don't understand how it fucking works. Is like is the uh, is getting crotched on the turnbuckle, because like I see people take that shit like hard, mm. and I'm like, how do your balls not just pop? And, and if you and, and if you don't hit your balls, like your gooch just has to get fucking shredded. Like what? Like what? The, I I never understood it. And like the one time I've done it in a match, I didn't do it for myself, but like somebody did it in a match that I've had, and he didn't commit to taking the like getting crotched on the um, on the turnbuckle. He didn't commit to it, so I just I legit have no idea how that fucking works or how you take that bump. 
to this day. <laughs> I never Time learned to go that. back to school. Yeah, I gotta go back to school. <laughs> I never learned that, and I never wanted to. I, I guess like that's why I never asked about it, is because I was like, you know, I don't want to get crotched on the fucking turnbuckle. All I could think about is like the fucking pole going up my ass or something like that. So after the match, uh, Waltman cut a promo where he sounded completely gassed. I mean, the audio delay and the mic quality did not help, but it, it just seemed really rough getting out like what he wanted to say. Um, but it sounded just like period. Like he was just really exhausted. But he suggested this could be his last match, and he was happy to be back, but it could be his last match, and put over Joey and uh, Joey Janela. But then Joey Janela super kicks him, and the show quickly goes to black. Turns heel. Uh, yeah. So the ma- I like I thought the match was really good. I love the dog and pony show. It reminds me of like a ECW show with like uh, the Impact players and uh with like Lance Storm and Justin Credible and their whole, sh- whole their whole gimmick and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Something interesting that we did not see and I just saw I saw this on our Twitter feed when I was looking at questions and um uh apparently after they went off the air People started throwing trash at Joey Janela, and so there's footage of like people just covering the ring in trash. Like they're throwing big stuff too, like big metal buckets, like all sorts of stuff. And Joey Janela, like somebody throws water on Joey Janela that's right in the front row, and Janela gets out of the ring and starts beating his ass. Yeah, I did so, see that. Really? You, yeah, yeah, that fucking happened, and like. The show when we were watching the show ended, and we were like, like it was really sad, like it was really dark because Joey <laughs> turned on X Pac and it was really like everybody was shocked. People were kind of quiet. Joey was like doing his like heel thing, and there was no follow up. Uh, Joey didn't jump on X Pac and start beating him up or anything. Um, nothing like that, and. It just went to faded to black. They faded to black. <laughs> it was so fucking like depressing. But yeah, no, all this footage is out there now of people just pelting the ring with trash. And uh, there's also a really ins- on their Twitter. There's also a really insane uh, video of Ninja Mac taking that crazy bump too. By the way, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'll put that in our little chat here. Hold on. Like, just so you guys can see it, we can talk about it right now. But, yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, I I, I love... I, there's a lot of controversy around people throwing trash in the ring and stuff like that. But And people are like, oh, it's dangerous. And it's, you know, they're savages or whatever the fuck. I don't mind it because, like, you don't want to, like, hurt anybody, right? And I don't definitely don't want anybody to get hurt. But, like, the punk rock atmosphere of these shows like it's gonna be a little bit more dangerous and I, I love that shit i wish i wish people threw trash when they were begging people begging like wwe not to push roman reigns or john cena down our throats or they did something that we really hated or they fucking um jobbed out daniel brian danielson at wrestlemania and stuff like that you know um, oh my god like like and people were chanting his name for hours after that and like i don't I would love to see somebody throw some fucking trash to just to show their displeasure because because if they don't listen to you, they gotta like there's gotta be something right. There's gotta be a way to fucking listen to them right. There's gotta be something to get their attention and that's old school throwing trash in the ring mm-hmm. because something really really bad happened. That's old school. I don't I don't think I don't think Joey Janelle turning heel really like warranted it to be honest, but 
I fucking love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I think... I feel like in uh, GCW, when fans do it, it kind of comes across a little markish. Uh, because I know, like, the, they did it with the Matt Cardona when he won the uh, belt. And, like, I mean, that, that it, it made the win that much cooler, but it just feels a little bit more like it's coming from a place of, like... It comes from more of, like, that kayfabe, markish place that, that that's causing them to do it, in I, my opinion, at least. I don't agree with that. I, I, agree with, like, I agree with that when it comes to, like, Joey Janelle. Joey Janelle turning heel... That's one thing. They really loved X-Pac when he showed up. Mm -hmm. And and that's one thing. But the Matt Cardona win, nobody expected that. And that one made sense to me. There was also the one... They've only done it three times, from what I understand. And the first time was when RSP screwed over Nick Gage. The second time was when Matt Cardona beat Nick Gage. And the third time is this. So... okay. I don't know if it's like becoming a thing after those two times and like, oh, they, they think they, they now they know they can get away with it. So any big heel turn, they're going to do that now. Like to me, that does seem kind of markish. The the Matt Cardona one. It does not. I think that was awesome. I thought it was I thought that was I mean, it might be markish because they bought in the Nick Gage so much, but he's he was the hero and he was so mm-hmm. over. He was so over that night that people were legitimately upset that. Matt Cardona beat him for the world championship. Did you guys see the little clips in the in the? Thing? Yeah, I did see that. That was yeah. those were, uh, that yeah, the, uh... fall in that clip <laughs> looks so much more brutal than it did uh, on the actual show. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at the really... the close ups of uh, Joey going after that fan. Yeah, He's just kicking at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> L- listen, like he kicked the wrong person, which is kind of insane. Uh, if people are already throwing trash and you're already being showered in the trash, I don't think that Janela should have done that. I do mm-hmm. think that if a fan tries to rush the ring or tries to attack you in any way, that the green that's the green light. And that, that's what I was always taught. Fuck that fan up because you're protecting the business. And uh like you like you should like it's it's on. Like the fan has no right to do that. So if ever anybody ever fucking did that to you, you just it's it's all bets are off. And there's videos out there of like things like that happening. Like there's a Scott Hall one I'm thinking about where he stomps that he stomps some dude's head that fucking tried to slide into mm-hmm. the ring. He stomps his head so hard. It looked like it was gonna pop like a grape. Like it looked crazy. I've seen the referees go ham. Yeah, um, it was really common back yeah. in the day. I've seen Triple H go ham on somebody and it just becomes like full shoot. But you have to like if somebody that thinks that they're brave enough or like, oh, I'm going to go and fuck up these fake wrestlers. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to get your ass beat most of the time. And uh, and Janela did do that. Like he did attack somebody, but the guy threw water on him and everybody was throwing trash already. He was loving it into it like or maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But uh, it was happening. And that one guy throwing water shouldn't have thrown him over the top, in my opinion. I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, GCW heartbreak uh, hashtag, mm-hmm. and someone on the other side of the ring tweeted, "Seeing Joey Janela kick this guy in the face was the greatest thing ever, and I have no shame mm-hmm. in tweeting it. <laughs> Fuck this guy." So apparently, maybe the guy's like a nuisance or something. I don't know. Well, I agree. I agree that if the guy, if it, it, I would be okay with it if he kicked the correct guy. But yeah, if you yeah. watch the footage, the guy that threw the water on him was sitting next to the guy that ended up getting kicked. Because Janela didn't see who threw the water. So he starts fighting the guy that didn't do it. 
So and, this is like straight up like when like kids yeah. will like tap someone's shoulder from the other side to like yeah, exactly someone else. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I've, I've seen CM Punk do it. There was a there was a famous one where uh, some guy was like pushing CM Punk, and CM Punk turned around and punched the wrong guy. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that stuff does happen, and you know it's whatever. If that guy had thrown water on him, I don't think he should have. But if he had thrown water on him and he attacked him, I still I wouldn't be mad at him. I don't think he should have done it, but I would I wouldn't be mad at him. Like I thought, like just that was insane. But you know, if it was the right person, Janela kind of did the right thing, man. Like if a, if a fan tries to do some shit like that, then start sw- it's time to start swinging. Like it really is. Yeah, you can't you can't you have to like you can't let that person think that that they can get away with something like that and you absolutely have to set an example and that's at least that's what i was always taught yes i think that about wraps up gcw i thought the show was pretty good there's a few duds but uh definitely i think more good than bad yeah if they had their production shit fucking figured out uh these shows would be so much better like it would be next level stuff absolutely all right, so that takes us uh, back uh, to earlier in the week to AEW Dynamite from February 23rd. We open up with the Tag Team Battle Royal, uh, and immediately just chaos ensues. You have about 20 people in the ring, or a few of them are outside at different points. Uh, the eliminations come pretty quick. Uh, I think Alex Reynolds was the first one that I'm not 100% sure, then Blade's eliminated by John Silver. Um a lot of people just get taken out. Uh, Gun Club gets taken out by Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Butcher and Trent get a cool exchange for a bit, but the uh, the match is just kind of it's it's pretty chaotic. It's really hard to follow until you have like the last six guys in the ring with uh, John Silver, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Matt Jackson, Dax Hardwood, and I believe Santana was the sixth one. And uh, all these guys get some cool bits. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Dax have some cool stuff on the outside um, when they're on the ropes. Uh, then Bobby Fish comes back and screws Dax Hardwood, which actually got booed, uh, surprisingly. Uh, John Silver's super over, um, takes on both Matt Jackson and Kyle O'Reilly for a bit before getting eliminated uh, by them. Uh, Santana and Ortiz and Trent Beretta were also like really over in that exchange. Um, people were clearly remembered their uh, was it the street fight. That was over a year ago, right? Uh, um yeah yeah it was about over a year ago mm-hmm. yeah but so this was overall pretty good then uh of course uh kyle riley wins and red dragon is qual- qualifies for the tag team triple threat match at the pay-per-view this was uh this was a lot of fun to watch i like like it it, it seems like people just kind of take their turns to do their shit which is fine because i think that's better than like punching and kicking and doing weird shit in the corner while you wait for somebody to get thrown out and stuff like that so I like that they had like things happening in the match. Like it feels like there were events in the match, if mm-hmm. if, if you will. So uh, with with certain people getting thrown out and doing their little gimmick or doing their little pose and stuff like that. But it really is like people people chill off to the side while they let somebody do things in the middle. Um, but that's how these matches kind of go. I think we 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 said it was like uh, it was like. Soul Train, like, was like, or, like, like Soul Train, or, or you got served. Yeah, you got served. <laughs> yeah, where everyone yeah. just sitting there staring at the people in the middle. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of this was um, just the crowd just screaming Johnny Hungy. It's my 
Oh yeah. It's so yeah. good. It's uh yeah, John Silver's incredibly over and he he looked really good in this match. Um uh the end what was his, what was the end? Uh John Silver uh, is like beating them up then Match Axon throws him out and Kyle O'Reilly like tosses him yeah. over John Silver. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like it's like it was like a betrayal, even though they're, they haven't been getting along. So, it doesn't but they're like still on the same side, which immediately yeah. leads to the post match thing where they're fighting. Then Hangman comes out because Red Dragon, you know, beat him down last week. I'll be real with y'all. I am ready for the young the the young dragon, the Red Dragon Young Bucks uh, feud, but I'm tired of the teasing that they're not going to get along. I I that's fine sometimes. That you know who's going to turn on who. You know, was Hangman going to turn on Kenny? All that kind of stuff before. I'm okay with that. I do not give a fuck about it here. I don't give a shit if they're not getting along very well. Just hurry up and get the feud going already. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know, something about it just doesn't feel right. And then um, I get what they're trying to do. I don't care. Like, they're obviously enemies. This isn't working for me. Just start fucking having a match. So while I do want to see him wrestle, I don't want to see them pretend to be friends with each other. It's stupid. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, that's fair. I think there's like a certain intrigue that they're trying to like have of the storyline. It's maybe getting a little too complicated, um, just with like you know the Cole and his history with Red Dragon and the Bucks, of course. And it's just kind of, um, and even like the Jay White thing with bringing him in and whatnot. So I don't. I, I'm curious to see where this goes, but I kind of, I kind of get what you're saying, where it's going maybe a little too long. I mean, I like they should have kept this one really simple. They sh- they really should have. They should have just had Adam Cole turn on the Bucks, like period. I guess that maybe they're maybe they're they're biding their time for Kenny to come back. Um, I think but, that's probably it. But yeah, I mean, they could have like plugged in Jay White right there with with the Young Bucks. But I I I understand that they they want to build it and they want to do this and stuff like that. But these are the guys that were like when when AW was head to head with NXT. These were the guys that were drawing the ratings over on NXT. And now they're over mm-hmm. here being buddy buddy. Like I, I get like it's not real and they're friends and stuff. They're probably friends in real life and they are friends in real life. But they should have fucking played off of that. Like there was just actual like boiling animosity, not like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable that you're here. That shit sucks. <laughs> like get that fucking out of here. And, uh, I mean, it's not quite that bad, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with this alliance. Like, I don't. Nope. No thanks on that. But I. But the matches will be good, and that's ultimately what it's about, right? So. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, and Hangman uh, cuts a promo on Cole. Um, it kind of mocks his uh, story time style promo. Uh, basically, it's just yeah, you know hyping up the match more uh that'll happen at the pay-per-view and i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be a really good match i expect hangman uh to win but i think it'll be a good fun match there was nothing wrong with the hangman promo but it did it, it didn't do anything to get me excited about the match yeah it was I, weird. I was i was distracted by bobby's bobby's just rambling <laughs> as as hangman was oh talking. yeah about bobby fish yeah <laughs> he was just rambling the whole time and he, like you pick he, they picked it up on the camera so i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was fun <laughs> yeah, it was fun uh next up we have uh tony Schiavone and uh brian danielson backstage uh kind of hyping up the main events uh he says that daniel garcia reminds him of a younger version of himself uh, as this main event will show, um, I think probably all of us probably agree about that. 
and uh, says that he's gonna, you know, he's here to show him what he can get by uh, siding with him instead of uh, with 2.0. Uh, and then the MJF promo. Uh, this is honestly like a really, this is a great promo. Uh, he cuts it almost entirely as a babyface. Talks about how you know important wrestling and punk was to him as a kid. How it got him through not having friends, getting bullied, uh, facing anti-Semitism and whatnot. And clearly, I, I think it's pretty obvious he's you know gaslighting punk and trying to you know bring up this criticism. He's not, but it, he's it, not gaslighting punk. He's gaslighting us. Like or he's gaslighting like fans yeah he yeah. the whole the whole the whole thing he's not he wasn't cutting the promo as a baby face he was he, he had his crocodile tears he was talking about real stuff it's like that thing where you you tell in, in in a promo to make it realistic or make it honest and to make it like the most like uh genuine when you when you cut the promo you tell the truth about a you tell the truth about b and then c is where you work and c is where you lie and and people will be more willing to believe it, and that shit worked here. He talked about real shit, and but then like kind of worked it in. He's still an asshole. He didn't turn babyface. He's still an asshole. What he's doing is he's saying like he's playing mind games. Yeah, well, because because CM Punk, what what did CM Punk? He said he showed that picture of of uh, of MJF, you know, meeting CM Punk. He showed that picture and he said, "Oh, that was just Friday to me, and it was the world to you." Like he said that, like that was an insult. So MJF comes out and he's like, "Well, this means you don't know how much this meant to me, and I was getting, you know, I was getting called Jew boy and and all that kind of stuff." He was he was like telling a sob story so he could say that day what it meant to him, and then CM Punk brushed it off. He's gaslighting the crowd to feel bad for CM, like to make CM Punk look like an asshole to the crowd. Yeah, like it's 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 like a um. It's a different way to get heat, and uh, it might work. It might work on some people. I know that some people that we were watching with were like, "Did he just break character?" It's like, no, he didn't break character. He's being a fucking manipulator. Like this is like this is like a, what an abusive fucking boyfriend would do to his girlfriend or some shit like that. Like it's like a bad person, you know. Like he's still being a bad person, <laughs> and. Uh, well, I think it adds like a layer maybe to the character, right? That like maybe this yeah. is sort of that underlying motivation, right? Is that he was bullied and whatnot and stuff like that. He's yeah, the exa- Joker, basically. exactly. There's there's a ton of nuance in this promo, and I and with all that said, it was one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen in wrestling. It was incredible, and he had real tears. He he cried. Mm-hmm. He this cried. dude cried, and uh, like during a promo, you know, like like uh, you have to see actors like get their uh, eye drops or they have to think of something real sad. This he did come cry. out in tears though. He did come out looking glassy eyed, but like he, he was in that zone and he had tears coming out of his eyes and uh, he didn't act like an asshole at all. He was really just trying to make people feel like feel bad for him and like resent punk for the way he treated him. It was just like, uh, it was just like, uh, that's the, I mean, it, I, I loved it. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. It felt Maybe. genuine, dude. That that was the best part of it. It just felt genuine when he was mm-hmm. saying it. And like, obviously, the MJF character isn't much of a genuine person, but it didn't. I think that's why people felt like, oh yeah, maybe he broke character. Maybe he, maybe he was was like almost like turning face with it and trying to put, trying to turn punk heel on them. Um, that that was the best part of it because we know that like it's gonna. It's gonna blow over and be something completely different next week when when like 
the before before the match and it's it's um it's gonna be i think there's gonna be good payoff for it yeah this match is gonna be nuts it's gonna be yeah. big time we're gonna, and, we're I mean, gonna I will, cover that yeah and i'll say like one last thing about the promo is like you know i think Look, obviously, I, I don't see this as a face turn or anything like that, but I do. it did show to me that, like, he does have, like, legs to stand on if he ever did decide to turn face. I could see him, uh, you know, working promos like this, you know, night after night uh, as a babyface down the line. Will he ever? Who knows? But I, I can at least imagine it, whereas, you know, before it was definitely harder to ever foresee MJF being anything but a heel. Yeah, for sure. I I think that one day that people are gonna just start loving him, they really will. Yeah, I think he'll get, he'll get like the Ric Flair treatment, where it's just oh. like you know, even if he sticks with like a more heelish character, people still cheer him even while he cheats. We saw a preview of it when he went to Long Island. Yeah, and he was like super over as a babyface, yeah. and they loved every shitty thing he did. Yeah, and, and it was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So after that, we had uh, 2.0 backstage. Um, just a quick rundown against. Uh, uh, Brian Danielson, Matt Lee in 2.0 was hilarious as always. Uh, didn't have a whole lot to say about that though. It was pretty brief, which takes us to Kings of the Black Throne, House of Black. Again, you know, they've got the double names. Uh, versus Pack and Penta Obscuro. Uh, Penta debuts this new character. Um, clearly, uh, at the very least, inspired by Pentagon Dark, if not outright being Pentagon Dark. Uh, Alex Abrahante still accompanies him to the ring. He looks hilarious. He's in like this dark priest or like reaper getup. He's got like a looks powdered like full face. on Party yeah. City Dracula. Straight <laughs> up Party City Dracula. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and he comes in with a shovel. Um, the match was pretty good. I'm, I, I'm a little mixed on certain things in it, but uh, one of the cool spots was Brody King stack pack on Penta and then chop them both over each other. Uh, that looked uh, great. Uh, and then the finish was Penta blocking the Black Mist uh, from Malachi, which I thought was kind of cool. But then he just kind of wins with a roll-up, which didn't seem as weak. And then they get beaten down after the match. Um, one thing to note after the match is we did get... Uh, uh, at, at, during the beatdown, uh, Malachi has that shovel over like Penta's neck. And before it goes black, it looks like he's going to, like, straight up just decapitate him with the shovel. <laughs> a really brutal-looking visual. But then after the uh, blackout, Buddy Matthews, another thing we called on this show, shows up and uh, immediately goes after Pack and Penta and sides with the House of Black. Yeah, this, uh, I have very mixed feelings about this. Obviously, everybody involved is really awesome and talented. Some, like, great, 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 great talent. Um... I don't like that they brought in they they started the Penta character, the Penta Dark character, uh, because I just don't understand why they would have him come in and like not just be like highlighted in like a singles match or something and just winning with like a roll up instead of something really cool. It was just really weird. It seemed like it was too soon to introduce the character or if like it, I thought about it a lot and I was just like if you're not going to, if you don't have enough time for the pay-per-view, I guess I understand that they have to like kind of move forward and everything. But if you don't have time, then don't debut the character at all because people are going to be just as excited about Penta and Pac versus the Knights of the House of Black or whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> like nobody's going, nobody, nobody's going to lose interest because it's not Penta Dark and nobody gained any excitement because it's Penta Dark. 
but they would be i think they would be excited about pentadark like after like wait till like we know they're not going to win this match like they're they're going to put over house of black for sure in my opinion like i just i just really see it happening and that's fine because that's the tag team that they want to build but then why not just hold off pentadark till after the feud debut him after revolution debut him in uh, 3 weeks or something or in 2 weeks then do do something with him there. It just seemed really unnecessary. As cool as it is, I want to see the Pentadark character. I want to see Alex Arbahantes looking like Dracula, but make like do something with it. To me, but this the match is, was cool. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. This I, I okay. So this is just like a theory that I have in my head that they might be going for. Um, maybe. They have this match at Revolution, and since Penta is this new, new quote, new character, um, maybe he like blames Pac for everything and just turns on him. That's the only thing that I could think of them mm. debuting this character mm. so early. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that, that I can think of. But even um, then, why why wouldn't you save it if you have if you had wait if you went to the pay per view they lose the match then have Penta turn on on Pac and and be corrupted and then be then then he's declares that he's Penta Black like he or Penta Dark he randomly decided oh, you know what today I'm gonna be Penta Dark yeah well like, I think it was no... tied to like the Black Mist thing because they're clearly trying to like put that over as this but like... he didn't he didn't hit him with the Black Mist did he, he? Did. Oh, okay, okay, there's that, I guess. Okay. Still, I just still think that they could have done it differently. I don't Absolutely. like I, I, I don't like the way they handled it. Uh, but with that said, again, if the match is good, it makes up for it, and these guys are going to have a great match, I guarantee oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Though I was thinking, again, with, you know, the Kings of the Black Throne, perhaps Kings of Pro Wrestling versus Kings of the Black Throne in the Ooh. future. Oh, that's another <laughs> one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the whole, that's, you know, I'm just trying to justify having that extra name <laughs> in any way possible. Um, oh, also, uh, during the post-match, Brody just, like, destroyed security, which was pretty funny. Um, oh, just yeah. tossed them funny. aside, like, complete geeks. <laughs> uh, but next up, we had the Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho promo. Um, this, this was great. It's insane that we had this much good mic work on one show mm. is holy eddie's the fucking man eddie's the next stone cold steve austin i last week i think i was like he could be the next stone cold he's the next stone cold steve austin <laughs> yeah this so. was great he he mocks jericho's entrance uh he asks why the security's there and jericho calls this because he's a street thug um, and whereas kingston replies like well i'm not a sports entertainer uh if you want to do that you know just go down the street and Tony Khan bring down Chris Statland, Chris Statlander, and Willow Nightingale. Uh, we never did get to see that match, um, <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, you know, I don't know if they were on standby or what. But uh, yeah, I did like that Jericho also kind of buried WWE in his response. He's like, yeah, you know, but like unlike other sports entertainment, I'm actually going to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, this was just, it. Just kept building up. Uh, they just go at each other for their history and stuff like that. Um, Eddie says that uh, his heart doesn't pump Kool-Aid, or don't pump Kool-Aid, I think, was the exact that's, verbiage. That, that's one of my favorite uh, Mark Henry lines when he did his his uh, Hall of Pain gimmick. 
and mm, uh, yeah. he was he would just like come out and just there's pure destruction and he'd completely like wipe the ring and stuff like that and he'd walk to the back and i remember he goes i, I think about it all the time too he goes here's my heart don't pump kool-aid and i just <laughs> i love that line it's so good um this was just uh this was this was amazing i loved how it like fucking built up the the go- ongoing theme for eddie kingston's uh feuds moving up to when he eventually wins the world championship, which will probably happen at some point. God, I hope he, it does. Yeah, absolutely. He's it's, it's like uh Oh, well you, we don't believe in you. You just don't have what it takes. And like, you're just a fucking thug. You look stupid. You're fat. You're ugly. You're dumb. Shit like that. Like they just, they, they kind of like look down in a condescending way at Eddie, the, the characters that he feuds with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's really good because it's it's telling the story that Eddie can overcome, and maybe there's some truth to some of it, but that's the thing. Like uh, when you and, and and when you work at something, if you're not like the prettiest person, or you're not the most naturally talented person, or skillful skillful person, you have to work harder than everybody else. You have to work harder to get noticed. You have to work harder to. This goes like if anything in life. You have to work harder to like to to get to the point where other people might have it a lot easier, and that's Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's the guy that has to work harder. He has to go through this adversity. He has to lose these big matches. He has to get his ass kicked. He has to get injured. He has to get put on the shelf. He has to take longer than people to get to WWE or get to AEW to get that big contract and make the money. Like he is that character. He is us. He is a lot of us. That's why we. That's why we as fans connect with Eddie the way we do, because he is that guy that's working harder than everybody else because he's not pretty. He's not rich. He's got to work for it. I love it. He, he Eddie Kingston is literally uh, the man's man. You know, like like the the, the quintessential fan mm-hmm. is is going to uh, what's it called? Um, I can't think of the word now. Great. Um is going to to see himself in Eddie Kingston cuz Eddie Kingston doesn't look like a wrestler. He does he's not a bodybuilder. He's not he's not a high flying like maniac. He's just a dude who wants to fight and that's what people like him for. And he's also, you know, a great talker. And um so I think that this match that that's going to lead to it's not going to have like the same, you know, crazy like high flying dives and like crazy athleticism but it's going to be like a storytelling battle and it's going to be it's going to be a great match to watch on uh, at revolution the revolution card is shaping up to be fucking awesome it really is yeah, like, i can't really to yeah. look forward to next there's week. no holes in it yet so no nothing that i'm like ugh not yet at least <laughs> yeah. uh well maybe we'll get to that we'll, but, uh, we'll get to that um we have then had Ricky Starks versus Preston Vance in a qualifier match for the Face of the Revolution match. Uh, this was honestly really quick. Um, it wasn't bad, but it was just kind of not a whole lot happened. It was a very brief period. Uh, tells uh, Ten gets the full Nelson a few times. Uh, seeing Ricky Starks uh, like just sell it really well, and then you know his escapes were pretty creative. Uh, but the last escape, he uh, uh, he just like grabs his mask. Uh, to make 10 let go, so, you know, he gets to do that, and then he hits the spear and then pins him. So we've got Ricky Starks in the ladder match. Yeah, anytime I can see Ricky Starks on TV, it's a fucking win. Dude is awesome. Future big star. I Like like you were saying, I love the way he sold the the 
the finish from 10. Like, every time he went for it, he acted like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, I got to get yeah. out of this. Like, I can't be in this. I can't be here. Mm-hmm. And that's brilliant. And hardly anybody does that with, when somebody goes for their finisher. You you often see them go for a finisher and they just, like, push the person away or they counter it if they're going to counter it and stuff like that or if they're not going to end up being in it. You see it all the time. And but he when when he was facing the finish, he's like he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, no, 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 no. I can't be here. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, no, nothing crazy about the match. Just really solid. That's it. It's nice to see 10 have a match on TV again. Uh, they need to get him out of the fucking mask. And he looks fucking dorky and weird, even though he's actually pretty good and he's good looking. Like, get him out of that fucking mask already. Jesus Christ. I think it adds to his marketing, but fair enough. What marketing? Do you do you see any fucking tin masks in the crowd? Do you see like I'm sure what, there's some kids who like him. The, yeah, I don't okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, dude. Sorry. Nobody's I mean I mean sure there there are. I mean Dark Order's baby face, but nobody likes tin because of his stupid mask. Fair enough. It's not Rey Mysterio. Not yet. <laughs> not there we yet. go. <laughs> Future Rey Mysterio here. Some you heard optimism. Oh, optimism. Here's another Here's another fucking thing. He's ten and he's using like the fucking um, like scratches for for representing the number ten. How is this is a fucking missed opportunity for being X, for being like Mister X and having like X's oh. are cool. X's are cool. He could have an X on his mask. He could have his X X's on his chest. Like X. Like what the fuck? That's that's the inevitable <laughs> character shift. How do you how do you overlook that? <laughs> that's the inevitable character shift. He goes from you know the little you know. Slashes to the uh, to, to the, the Roman numerals. Uh, one X. last, yeah, one last thing I want to note, and you pointed this out, uh, was uh, after the max when uh, match when Starks is celebrating, he has like his belt out, and then like a fan like tries to reach for it, and he just like pulls it away from him. <laughs> yeah, like no, you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love I love Ricky Starks. Uh, backstage, we get a brief bit with Red Dragon, the Bucks, and Cole. Uh, the only thing here, I just thought uh, Cole was pretty funny. Just he's like, "Guys, shut up!" And there's like, a, <laughs> like it was just like really over the top stuff. Um, but yeah, that was that. And then we had the TBS Championship match: Jade Cargill versus the Bunny. Uh, this was the drizzling shits. Um, I'm sorry. I I think I, I I don't have anything against Jade, and it's not a knock on Jade because I think she's looks good from everything I hear that she worked really hard and stuff like that. But she's just not here that yet. Here, she's not there yet, and the match was the shits. They did some weird fucking sells. She has no idea how to sell. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't like this at all. And then don't even get me started on. Actually, you do get me started on the fucking aftermath. But I'll let, I will get to that in a second. I'll let you guys talk. Yeah, there was nothing really impressive about the match at all. It was just. Uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, Watching Matt Hardy have hobble around a little bit was entertaining, but there was, was, there was nothing. That was He's kind like, of a neat spot with him and Mark Sterling, where they both like you know while the refs distracted, they both throw in the, the gimmick like the brass knucks or the the belt. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like kind of neat. It's like oh yeah, it's two heels, you know they're both gonna cheat. Like, yeah, was, but yeah, was this wasn't the that great. heel dynamic that was was kind of was kind of different, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I just. It was just a match. It just kind of happened, and the ending, which we'll get to now, is uh, uh, I think it's anticipating a tag team match, which I'm not uh, not exactly excited about. 
Tell oh us boy, about yeah. tell us about what happened. So uh Tony comes out to interview Jade and she says, Who's next? Goldberg. <laughs> so uh quickly Ty Conti comes out. Uh the crowd seems to be into her at least, but uh she challenges Jade, but we get kind of a really rough skirmish afterwards. And I'll let Joey delve into the details. Uh, of that. I, I hated I hated every bit about this. Um, Jade uh, Jade's promo was pretty good. I, I liked the, the "Who's next?" and then she said, "She's like she she said who's next?" and then she goes, "Well, I say who's left?" and like that she's beaten everybody. She's undefeated, and I thought her promo was really good. That's the good part of Jade Cargill. Cargill is a uh, like her personality, her character. Her she's look, an undeniable charisma. She was yeah, she's undeniable as far as that goes. She's a she's the shits in the ring. So I guess she is kind of like Goldberg. And then <laughs> um then like take Conti's music plays and I hate her music. It's just like the fucking like it, it's not it's fine except that when she's coming out to fucking fight somebody you know, she's running out and it's like it's like the fucking dance music, like the fun like fucking dance music and she's running down with like with fucking full of fucking anger and rage. <laughs> it just, I hated it so much. It was so cringy. And if I was watching it with somebody in the room, I would have been cringed out. I would have been embarrassed. And, uh, she comes running down. Um, she looks, she looks good, but she got in their face. Jade gave her like a fucking sarcastic kiss on the forehead. And that was supposed to set Tay Conti off. And she got mad. She delivered the softest forearm I think I've ever fucking seen in my life. <laughs> and then they go back and forth, and they're just doing these awful, awful soft forearms on each other, like setting their business back twenty years with these fucking forearms. Not that bad, but it was. They were pretty fucking bad. Then they went into the freaking hockey fight, and the hockey fights are always bad. And they're just like Allie tapping each involved. other. Yeah, they're Anna tapping. Gets involved. <laughs> they're tapping each other on the shoulders, basically during this hockey fight. And like, yeah, everybody gets involved. And the only thing that looked good was like, okay, so, um, Tay Conti does her move that's like, wait, like, un, like needlessly complicated to get into and to actually perform. And then this, like, just watching it is exactly why the fucking vets will tell you, oh, find something that you can do to anybody and like easily and stuff, you know, like that's not one of them. Um, <laughs> that's not one of those finishers. And uh, then Jade hits a kick on Tay Conti and that looked really good, but oh my God, the kicks and like other shit, everything looked so bad. It was so bad. Oh my God. I fucking wanted to throw <laughs> up watching this. It was so bad. So I think that wraps up our thoughts there. Um, <laughs> backstage, uh, Keith Lee is getting interviewed, and uh, he's interrupted by Team Taz. Um, and uh, Ricky, Ricky was great for this. I can't really remember the exact details, but he's just kind of like, "Oh yeah, you, you're familiar with me, and like, you're not going to beat me, basically." And then uh, they have we have a stare down between Hobbs and Lee, which will pro- which I mean, they're obviously all in the ladder match, but I expect that this might be something that teases the direction that these men will be going after the pay-per-view. Mm. And then the main event, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, this was, I thought this was fantastic. Uh, the story of this match basically was that both of these men are 
good technical wrestlers who love violence, but Brian Danielson's just that much better and loves it that much more. Um, you get all kinds of cool stuff. There's uh, this felt a lot more believable than I think the Lee Moriarty match, and I think even the promo afterwards sort of suggested that when Danielson tells him that that's exactly what he wants to see. Uh, I'll let you guys talk about this. I thought this was really good. Uh, I thought I thought this match was uh, brutal. It was it was just the the strikes and the and the the submissions that they were putting each other in, and it was just it was you could just hear the echo of just the the, the smack, the chops, mm-hmm. the 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 forearms. Just everything was laid in, and everything just looked crisp, and it looked great. Um, Brian Danielson's one of the best in the business, and uh, this is my first time seeing Daniel Garcia, and he was, uh, it was it was nice. It was nice to see like a young kid who knew what he was doing. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal match. I enjoyed it wholeheartedly. It was so good. Yeah, I love this. Um, it, like like we we keep comparing it to last week's match with Lee Moriarty. Uh, Daniel Garcia looks like he's punched somebody in his life and. He had a lot of intensity, and this is exactly what last week's match should have been like. It was good. It was great. I mean, there's no. It was great, like <laughs> excellent. So that's all I have to say about that. And then uh, after the match, uh, when Danielson's cutting his promo, 2.0 jumps him, and then Mox comes for the save. And when Mox comes to the ring, his it's still playing his music, and he's just beating the shit out of 2.0. Uh, beats up Garcia as well, and I just like this gave me so much ECW New Jack vibes. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, and this happens later in Rampage too with Hook, but like just the fact that it kept playing the music in the background just while this guy just destroys, you know, these guys who just clearly aren't on his level. And it was, I thought it was fantastic. It was really awesome. Uh, and that leads, of course, to you know Danielson accepting Mox's offer, and they're going to be having what I assume will be a great match at Revolution. Uh, he tells Mox that uh, don't be surprised if he's the only one who bleeds. And JR closes the show saying, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that. They're both going to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was dynamite. Yeah, um, I, I do I like. Was really I will good. say. I do too. I will say this about 2.0. I like them a lot. I think they, they remind me of like an old school, like ECW tag team. And I fucking love them. They're just, they're, they're really good. You can slot them wherever you need them, and I like that about them. Yeah, um, I, I love them too, and uh, that leads us to Rampage from Friday, February twenty fifth. Uh, we actually start uh, this show very clearly. Uh, they were kind of rushed for time a little bit because they like cut almost all the intros and entrances. I think so. We just start with Andrade and Sammy in the ring for the TNT Championship match. Uh, this was pretty good. They actually both they actually made like really early finisher attempts that uh, were just reversed or countered. Um, one of my favorite spots was when Sammy was going for the cutter and Andrade just shoves him off the top rope uh, to the floor. Uh, that looked really brutal. Um, Andrade hit a DDT through the ropes, uh, and this teases some dissension between the uh, AHFO. Uh, Andrade had like a leverage pin with his foot on the ropes and commentary. Sold as like an uncertainty of whether or not Matt Hardy shoved his feet off or like was trying to keep it secure or something. Unclear. I think that's definitely the direction they're going to go is tease some, you know, friction between these guys. It'll probably tie into Jeff Hardy's 
inevitable debut. And yeah, but Sammy uh, retains, uh, in part also because of Matt Hardy's uh, shenanigans because he had taken off the top rope uh, turnbuckle. So Sammy did like one of those, uh, what was it exactly? He just like, he tripped him, Andrade's face hits there, and then he hits yeah, the cutter it for was, the win. Yeah, it was real simple. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this was cool. I, I love the, um, like, when Sammy did his little tranquilo pose, and then Andrade did the real tranquilo pose yeah. in, the, in the ropes. That was awesome. And then that there was that crazy dive where Sammy does the freaking like like a phoenix like plancha I don't know what they even call that, but he spun around uh, jumping to the outside and then like turned perfectly for Andrade to hit him with the like a picture perfect uppercut. Oh yeah, like a European uppercut that was fucking awesome. And then Sammy fucking wiped out. Oh my god, that was one of the coolest spots I've seen all year. And um, the match was really good. They worked well together. What did you think, Rose? I think these are two of, like, two incredible workers. Andrade is is so so good, and he's been so good for so long now, even when he was, like, down in uh, Mexico as La Sombra. And, like, he, he's just been – he's just always been, uh, like – heads above the rest and uh sammy definitely kept up and they they did some uh they made some magic in the ring dude and it was it was it was really it was really really well done match um i think that andrade would look really nice with those belts on his uh on his (laughs) shoulders and i'm hoping that's the direction that they kind of go um but i guess this uh this triple threat or this uh six tornado man. six man match is going to be uh be a little filler before he gets those around his waist so is that what, is, are they doing that on the pay-per-view yeah yeah it's uh okay what andrade matt hardy and uh isaiah cassidy versus sting darby and sammy okay I, I think this is just kind of like they want all the guys there and they don't really have anything like that could involve all of those people yeah We'll see how that goes. That one, that one's not doesn't really jump out at me, but I'm sure we'll see some crazy shit, especially with Darby's in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Sweet. We then uh, well, we're supposed to then have Wardlow versus Nick Camarota, but we get a few promos first. QT cuts a promo about how disrespectful Taz and Hook are. Says that he's gonna stretch him out in front of his dad, which sounds pretty dirty. But uh, you know, that, it, I think it's trying to play on a little bit of a double entendre. And he takes credit, all the credit for Hook, says that he's only... Double entendre? What do you mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. F- forgive me. Sh- stretching is not stretching an asshole. Stretching is a is like is an old school term in pro wrestling where the the like like that's what like Stu Hart would do to people. Like he would fucking he'd get the fucking trainees and he'd put tie them up in knots and like that's what stretching is like a submission stuff. It's like I making know, them like putting him in pain and shit like that. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. So it's, but it's like, like put, it's doing it in old... front of his dad. Come on. Like we know it's he's kind of playing a little on though. No, I don't think that at all. His dad is old school. His everything about Taz is old school. He is an old school guy. He his fucking kid's wrestling name is Hook, which is actually another one of those words that means something different now. Like in the old days, a hooker was a wrestler that you would get to go and shoot on somebody to uh if 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 they didn't want to do business or something 
Like it was, he was basically like a hired gun, like a mercenary, like a legit, like legit mercenary in, in wrestling. Like you send them out there to fucking get some job done. They were called hook hookers. And so that's why his name's hook. He's, he, that's totally a thing. So Taz is old school as fuck. I don't think it had anything to do about stretching an asshole. <laughs> he was talking about, cause he's, a, he's, he was hooks trainer. So it makes sense for hook to stretch or for, for a QT to hook sh- QT to sorry, yeah, I, I get QT to stretch hook. Yeah, it makes sense. So I don't think there was anything dirty or nefarious in that comment at all. Like zero percent. Either way, I don't think we'll see it happen. But anyway, so hook comes out just yeah. uh, while his music plays, destroys all these factory students, uh, and then just leaves. Just, you know, before his music's even done playing. Yeah, they're they're not gonna fuck. They're not. They're trying their best not to fuck up Hook, and I think they're doing a great job. He's fucking amazing, got a presence, and they're booking him like he's dangerous. So, what'd you think of him this week, Brose? I knew you were gonna sound like that when you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was cool. It was cool. Okay, uh, I'll give it. I'll give it that. I, I still, like, I, I understand the aura that he has, and like, I understand like how people feel about him especially since now i'm like watching more and reading more and like you know listening to the crowd and seeing the signs and like everyone everyone loves hook so except brose i never i didn't say that you're exactly why those old school hooks existed you're the reason (laughs) somebody's gonna send a hooker out to you (laughs) i wish um but yeah so i get it and it was it was a really cool it was really fun segment to just watch him decimate some people over and over again so i i understand i didn't understand initially and that's my fault okay i'll own up to it (laughs) well it's good that you've learned from your mistakes thank you grown as a person (laughs) yeah i agree Um, team hook yeah then we uh get dan lambert the men of the year uh seems that we're setting up for scorpio sky to have a tnt title match so if andrade's the direction he's gonna have to wait then we actually get Kamaroto versus Wardlow, and this was actually pretty cool. Um, just two big guys going at it for a bit, and then finally Wardlow uh, manages to pull off his uh, Powerbomb Symphony, as it's called. He gets four in total uh, and picks up the win. They should they, they should um, do something else with Kamaroto. Like, get him out of the factory, have him be... This is one of those things that, like, it's a guy that probably would never be world champion, and not in a bad way. But he's like a big guy that I think that he I, I I see him as like a big baby face, and just the fun baby face that you're happy to see. He's never really in the main event, but they just use him as like a fucking wild man character, not like on the nose, but he's just a big ass wild man that fucking wrestles and people love to see him. Kind of like hacksaw, mm. yeah, like, that's a hacks- work. Like, like like hacksaw Jim Duggan spot. You know what I mean? Like Nick Camarado is made for that spot, and I think people would love him if they started booking him in the, in such a way. Yeah, and then after the match, uh, Aaron Solo tries to go at Wardlow. Uh, Wardlow ch- attempts to powerbomb, but Spears hits uh, Solo with the chair, but it like smashes uh, Wardlow's fingers. And then he tells him that <laughs> he cuts this really goofy promo where he's like, "The powerbomb, it's just not working. It's not over. The crowd doesn't like it." Then the crowd's just like booing this whole promo. And then he's like, he's like, oh, and me, Max, we're so proud of you. And he hugs Wardlow, and Wardlow just looks so pissed and disgusted with him. I I loved it. It was a brief little bit, but 
it was just nice, you know, seeing the development of this feud. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. <laughs> I lost I, my train I, of thought there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it made me mad because Sean Spears is an asshole, and I like the power bomb, so I guess he's doing his job right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. He's doing it correctly. <laughs> the power bomb was awesome. It was cr- it was cool. We didn't even talk about how cool it was to see him do it to somebody as big as Nick Camarado. Oh, true. And he did multiple ones in a row. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really nice. So uh, you could tell his, it was. His, uh, he sold it too. Like it was like, yeah, I'm picking up a real big guy. <laughs> and yeah. you can see it in his eyes, dude. They yeah. were like bloodshot, and he was just <laughs> <Yeah>. like, oh. <laughs> yeah. He looked like an angry, upset parent <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, then we had Serena Deeb's uh, weekly squash against Kayla Sparks this time. Uh, wins in two minutes thirty seconds. Not a whole lot to say. I mean, shout out to Kayla Sparks. She was apparently on SmackDown oh, and yeah. and Dino or uh, and Rampage on the same exact night. She appeared oh. in two different companies on the Full exact Rick same Rude. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up, that's cool. Good for her. Cool. Uh, and then What's we had that? the contract signing for Thunderosa and Britt Baker's title match at Revolution. Um, I'm excited to see them go after each other. I thought it was really good. They talked about real shit. That Thunder Rose is the one that won the match, but everybody's talking about Britt Baker. That's uh, that's really good shit, and it's also very very true. Even though Thunder Rose is amazing as well, but that's that's where Britt really really got over. I mean, she was pretty much over going into that match, but she got really over. That's when it really and, cemented everything. Yeah, and uh, she was, you know, we're, I'm ready for this match. This is the money feud for to me. Like they could do. Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for a very very long time and people would stay interested I think yeah I think so too and uh, we also got a really cool uh, brawl out of this um, yeah the brawl was really good yeah. yeah Rosa just jumped at Britt over the table and like that she just falls over in the chair uh, Jamie attacks her then Mercedes comes out beats her up this was just like these people like these women actually know how to yeah do a proper this brawl, was... brawl. <laughs> This is yeah. night and day compared to that brawl from earlier uh, with the women, and they were they were great. And Mercedes Martinez is so fucking good at her facial expressions and body mm-hmm. language. When she was like, she still looks very conflicted and unsure about the things that are happening, and uh, she conveys that really well. And it's absolute brilliance. Her, her what what she's doing, what Mercedes Martinez is doing, is pure art. It's good. I noticed that with Jamie Hayter too. She her facial expressions are really good as well, um, and she just looks brutal. Like she's just like really pounding in there the the strikes and I, the, oh, yeah. the brawl was great. In. I think she's definitely uh, destined to be one of their breakout stars. Oh, hundred percent! Like she's probably one of the best on their roster for sure. She's she's gonna be there, man. And if they end up putting throwing uh, Mercedes Martinez and Jamie Hader in a match together, they're gonna they're gonna make magic. It's gonna be really fucking good. Yeah, I'll be shocked if we don't get that within like the next week or two. I hope I hope we see that on the pay per view. Honestly, that'd be great too. Uh, then that takes us to our main event: Anthony Bowens versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, another qualifier match for the ladder match. Uh, the acclaims wrap this week, so. <laughs> Apparently was censored. Um, uh, there was a line about uh, I think Orange Ca- him was singing that Orange Cassidy was less popular than Vladimir Putin. Uh, this would have been <laughs> literally as uh, everything that's happening in Ukraine started to happen. So I I get why it was uh, removed from the broadcast version. Yeah, they didn't know what was happening, and so when he said it, like 
yeah they ended up just editing it out but the but the but the rap was still really good we did still get one edgy line <laughs> um of best friends very nice very evil referencing dan Housen. guess you aren't friends with any black people except for rocky romero so yeah <laughs> it's not he ain't he ain't black enough for the acclaimed apparently <laughs> apparently the match was fine um me nothing special like we thought that orange cassidy was gonna rap but then he didn't so i was kind of let down what are you talking about <laughs> he said yo I mean, he said he yo, said listen. yo and then word to your mother and yeah. it was funny it was funny but i was like oh my god are we about to see him rap which would have been fucking awesome uh but like the the match was fine um nothing good nothing bad to me dan Housen uh, cursed max caster <laughs> dan Housen helped orange cassidy get the win and people loved it even though he cheated so <laughs> well, he he, everybody... he, beat, he only did that to Max. He wasn't wrestling Max Caster, and that was who he cursed. That's true, but the distraction led to the win. I guess that's true. And then, uh, yeah, everybody loves Danhausen. So that's yeah, we got Orange Cassidy in the match in the ladder match. The ladder match is really just just a crazy weird ladder match with three massive dudes. And like when we saw the promo between Keith Lee or when with Keith Lee and uh, Team Taz earlier, and Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee stood toe to toe, like people want to see that. Yeah, so that's awesome. Any thoughts on the I, main event, Brose? Uh, not really. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It was just it just kind of happened. I feel like Rampage was like super boring this week. Like there was nothing. Like last week was so good, and like they had like really really stellar matches, and this week was just kind of, it was well, kind of the, there. The TNT, the TNT title match was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but I think last week was better. They created to be magic. I did say that, and I think <laughs> I, I still stand by that opinion. But I, it doesn't change the fact that the rest of the show was kind of a norfest. Like I was just kind of. Yeah, it wasn't it was great. Kinda, yeah. It, there was there was nothing else to really talk. I mean, the Hook was cool. Um. Now that I like him, <laughs> we're a we're a hook house around here. Yeah, yeah, now we are. Now we are. There's no gun to Brose's head. Trust us. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just a match. It was okay. Nothing nothing great. Um, the Dan House and stuff was fun because Dan House isn't fun. But yeah, it was it was alright. Well, I guess that we we got some time for viewer questions or viewer. We keep saying viewer. We got some time for community questions. Our listeners out there send us questions, and if you want to send your questions in, you can send them on Twitter with the hashtag AskMonsterPop. You don't have Twitter, you can send them to our email, which is MonsterPopPod at gmail dot com. Send us an email. Give ask us a question. Uh, ask us whatever you want, anything um, about wrestling, about us about uh anything if you, no matter what uh level of fan that you are you can ask the simplest and uh the they the most complicated of questions and we want everybody we're there's no stupid questions so send in your questions and let's get to our first one this week what do we got here i've got the i've got the list up okay. right now um oh, okay. uh, let's let's actually go with this one from uh davy wade yo is it time okay. for a new tiger mask? Is it disrespectful to even ask? My man Yama uh, Yamazaki has been going since '95. Respect. <laughs> yeah, it is time for a new. It is. It is time for a new one. Uh, I think. I mean, he's he's probably 
very close, uh, if not at the, the time where he needs to retire. But he's still going, and he's still having good matches. We literally just watched him, watched him wrestle last week on New Japan, in New Japan. So, but, you know, it's time maybe... It's not disrespectful to ask. You just need to... It's time to pass the torch. But who would they pass the torch to? Who would be... Who do you guys think could be a really great um, new tiger mask? I don't know. Yeah, I'm like... it's Because it's almost someone that has to... like They have to be good, but like their gimmick can't be like that great because they're going to be sacrificing it for untold many of years. I know who it could be. What was that dude's name? He had like okay, so when we watched I, last week, he had like the green the green pants. Okay. Yoshi Hashi. Re- dude no. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait. I, I know I know two people. Oh dude, 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 I know three people. You're right. It's okay. Yoshi Hashi would be a great tiger mask. Are you kidding? He'd be perfect. And you, you always have said he needs a mask. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do say that, dude. Yoshihashi, we should be the next Tiger Mask. I think that would be great for him. And he's good. He's really good. He just looks funny, and like that would completely that would transform his career. Um, I also think like if if they if they didn't have to stick as to a junior heavyweight, uh, the Great Okan would be fun to watch to see (laughs) as like a a just a big fucking um decently athletic tiger mask that would be cool and then the other one is aaron hernare (laughs) (laughs) he would be cool as tiger mask as well but he's not like does tiger mask have to be japanese no of course not i i I didn't know like you know i don't i don't not overly familiar with the whole history i didn't know if it matters i don't think so i don't think i don't think so um I think like there, he's Tiger Mask three, right? Uh, the current one. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I it's it's been a Japanese gimmick, but I don't think so. No, ACH was uh, Tiger Mask Dark. But that's a little different. Um, is it? No, it's not. I mean, uh, uh, Tiger Mask, um, Tiger Mask W was uh, was Kota Ibushi. Oh Kota yeah. Ibushi did Tiger Mask for like two years, and um, but yeah, and and ACH was Tiger Mask Dark and. It all ties into that TV show. I don't know if there's a show going on right now, but yeah, I think Yoshihashi would be like fucking perfect for that role. That would transform his career. He could do that the rest of his life and still just be relevant because he's so good. Was that who you were thinking, but, Brose, or was it someone else? I was thinking about another Green Pants guy. Um, I don't know his name. He was he was like he was young, and he I think he went to you. You were saying that he went down to Mexico. Oh, Master Watto! Yeah, him. I think he'd be cool <laughs> as a Tiger Mask, dude. Yeah, yeah. People that look dorky work work as great Tiger Masks. Yeah, I don't that's know what, what made me think of it because you're like, yeah, it's kind of dorky looking. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would make. He would work. Yeah, I my vote is for Yoshiyashi though. Understandable. Yeah. yeah, that's my vote. I don't know if uh, I don't think you can put it on somebody green. You put it on somebody young but not green. Yeah. And Yoshihashi's he's he's young but not green. Yeah, uh, he's perfect. Masawata is green. Wait, Yoshihashi's and, uh, am I thinking I'm thinking of a different person, I think. Yoshihashi's the guy who comes down with the bow staff. Oh yeah, I'm 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 thinking of a different person. Okay. I was thinking about a completely different person. Who was I thinking of? Uh, who was the other wait, green pants are, guy? Are you talking about are you talking about we're, we're talking about Master Wato and 
Yeah, no, no, Mitchell, no. Yeah. That was that was right. That was right. Okay. Who was the other gr- the older green pants guy? Because sixty nine. Oh, uh, Taguchi. 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 Oh yeah. Well, you don't want to put it on an old guy. Yeah, no. That's what. Yeah. That's why I was like, wait, you mean young guy? He's old. That, that was going through my oh, head. Oh <laughs> yeah. Taguchi's really awesome and probably would have made a really great Tiger Mask to be honest, but <laughs> yeah. he likes to have fun in his matches. Yeah, I mean he's. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write a letter to New Japan and say, "Hey, can you make no- Yoshihashi the new Tiger Mask?" Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, there's this. There's this really funny video. It's I, I say funny. It's it's kind of fucked up, but like it's a it's a video of like because uh, Yoshihashi had to fill in the G1 because uh, somebody got injured or something like that. I can't remember exactly the the, the circumstance, but um, there's these two japanese girls that are that love yoshihashi oh and they're like and they're like and they're like i know he's not everybody's first choice but he promised us he would do his best and i just really want to see him win she just burst into tears (laughs) just with love for yoshihashi they love those baby faces man those like fucking strong fired up baby faces (laughs) over there in japan I'll have to show you that video, dude. It's so funny. It is pretty funny. I do remember it's that like, one. It's like, yeah, it's very wholesome. I love how serious Jap- uh, Japan takes pro wrestling. I love it. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen um, Tanahashi's promo about COVID? Yeah. It, that's, that like, one's really good. Yeah. Where he cries. I cried watching his <laughs> promo. And he, he cries. Like, he was just like, we'll always be here to entertain you. We This, like, uh, we're, this is what pro wrestling is about. And just, like, just just goes into this crazy detail and just it's amazing and it's really powerful and it moved me <laughs> all right next question does anyone else have the list open or just me um i have a i have the list open uh who had more of an impact on wrestling the hearts or the von erics that is a really great question um so the hearts obviously were more successful um more recently but back in the territory days the von erics were huge they were rock stars um but if we're talking about the impact on wrestling i would have to say fuck because the hearts had the freaking hearts had smoky mountain uh von erics were down here in dallas uh with world-class championship wrestling and then they also were training uh the hearts trained a lot of wrestlers i had you know fuck but then like the von erics and world class made a lot of big stars it's really fucking hard to say that's Who's, like the one. biggest star that you would say came from world class the biggest star that came from world class that like that that they wasn't made? one of the von erics yeah so i get you know what you know what? Maybe like the time, the timing just does, didn't fucking line up. So maybe I can't think of anyone. I mean, Steve Austin, maybe like. Would you? I mean, if you count that, like, they were gone by then, right? And wasn't he trained? He trained by Chris Adams. No, because he was trained by Chris Adams then. I a hundred percent. I'm hundred percent sure Steve Austin worked world class. I think like at the end. Like at the end of world class, not. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean that's you know it's the von erick thing so i don't know if it's necessarily about the the biggest star though i mm-hmm. think it's also about like the contributions and stuff and like i said they both had a way to make stars and to bring people out and stuff and 
um, it's hard to fucking say. To this day, I still hear people talk about the Von Eric. Yeah, I mean, you're right in their territory. Yeah, I still hear people like mention it. Oh, my love, my mom loved the Von Eric's, and I used to watch it with my mom and stuff like that. Like I hear, I still hear about the Von Eric's to this day. No joke. Just around town, people I don't even fucking know, (laughs) and like we'll talk about the Von Eric's and uh, the Hearts. They had they put out a lot of great talent. They really Um, did. Like when when I if I think about it, like dude, the Hearts they trained some of the best, and like those and were some of the best. They were yeah exactly, and like uh, when you talk to like wrestlers nowadays, like they they get influenced from like Brett and Owen and mm-hmm. just just the people that Stu trained. They 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 look at them as like oh I want to be like that. I want to be like this technical wrestler. I want to be this even even like high flyers. Like they talk about um what's it called like. Who am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of Owen like, Hart. Yeah, like Owen and then like Brian, uh and, and Flying just, Brian Pillman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I feel like that they, they had more I, I I personally feel like they had more influence. Uh, Maybe you know, Dynamite I, Kid was who you were thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so here's here here's who I who I, I agree with you. And I think the biggest reason is because uh, the the style that Brett and stuff were working, Brett and Owen and everybody were working influence the future and it's yeah. kind of the style that we have today um like a well maybe kind of a bastardized style but like it's 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 similar to the style that we have today so the smaller wrestlers the not you know it's it's different mm-hmm. so yeah I, i'd say the hearts probably had more of an impact but i definitely don't want to discount the the von eric's uh contributions oh, to the business at all yeah no and you know what there's a there's a um there's the young Varn Eric's, uh, Kevin's Kevin Varn Eric's kids, they're active now. They're mm-hmm. wrestling and they're uh, they've been working in MLW and they're fucking good. Like they're there's some like old school Texas fucking brawling ass dudes, and they're good. Um, their name is like Marshall and oh, what are their names? Marshall, let's see, Marshall and Ross Von Eric. That's that's them. And uh, yeah, I think they've been working mostly in like MLW and stuff. But yeah, they they look great. They're very good, and you know, let's see where they go. Maybe they'll fucking be awesome. Or maybe they'll be big stars one day. Yeah, we'll see. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they haven't been signed. Like, I think MLW. Least, you said they're with MLW, right? They are at MLW. I, and from what I understand, their contracts are kind of uh, a little rough to get out of and whatnot. So. Oh really? Gotcha. And uh, I mean, I know they 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 hired Lacey Von Eric for Impact Wrestling, and she couldn't fucking she couldn't tell the difference between a wristwatch and a fucking wrist lock. So <laughs> it's like she was she was terrible. She was really terrible. Like maybe the worst women's wrestler of all time. She was she was that bad, and uh, like. But and they and they hired her. So the fact, like, if they're not under contract to MLW, the fact that they're not fucking signed somewhere is insane. Like, you would think that somebody would put up big money to get Marshall and Ross Von Eric, you know, or they would jump at the chance to get them. Maybe not big money, but they would jump at the chance to get them, you know. But I would look out for them. They're young. They're fucking. Uh, they're good, and I think you'll see see more of them. But as far as your question goes, I the hearts the hearts had more of an impact on pro wrestling. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Um, for the next question from Quas, uh, who, in your opinion, has the flashiest signature move, past or current wrestlers? Hmm, the flashiest. Flashiest. It would have to be a top rope move, right? Just a flashy move. Yeah, I was thinking of. Go ahead. I was gonna say too, like honestly, some of it might just be like a specific instance of a move. In some cases, like one thing that like stood out to me when I read this question was I remembered the um, from Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. He did the uh, I think it was from the second rope at One Winged Angel, and just like seeing the crowd literally like stand to their feet as that move went off just made it like stand out like way more. Like the move itself was really cool, but just like the yeah. environment of it really took it to that next level. Yeah, uh, the Pepsi plunge is pretty flashy. Mm-hmm. It's literally a clunky ass pedigree from the top rope. It's like unneededly it's like a unnecessarily flashy um this the 630 moonsault from ricochet and mm-hmm. uh and um actually you know what sammy does it too and so does jack evans does the 630 moonsault or not moonsault 630 um uh senton uh have you ever seen a double moon or 450 moon or a, uh, 450 fucking moonsault like a just a double moonsault have you ever seen one that shit is so. crazy. I've seen I Jack Evans do. Jack Evans has done that shit. Okay. And it's fucking crazy. He's uh, he did it off of a cage in Ring of Honor. Oh my god. And that that shit is insane. Um. So maybe something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm automatically thinking about like off the top rope stuff. Like I'm thinking about like yeah. like the height of a Billy Kidman uh, shooting star press. Like he, mm. he like. Or or like even like Seth Rollins and the Phoenix Splash, dude. The Phoenix Splash is so like it, that's a flashy move when I think of that. Um, or even like I've also never seen it finish a match though. <laughs> true. No. 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 True. True. Um, the coup de gras. Like, mm-hmm. You say you say Billy Kidman had a had a high shooting star press. Yeah. No, he, he always almost broke his neck every time he did one. <laughs> Oh, that shit was okay. Maybe maybe no. I was just a child. Are you thinking of, are you, th- are, you thinking of are you thinking of Paul London's? No, I'm thinking Paul of, London well, had a together. high shooting star. They, Paul Paul, Lund- Paul London had a high shooting star press. Billy Kidman looked like he was gonna die every time he did it. <laughs> well, maybe that's why it stood out so much. Well, maybe to him. yeah. Maybe that's why I thought about it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's why. Maybe uh, flashy doesn't necessarily need to be good. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't need to be well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up Billy Kidman's shooting star press I'm right now. Too. I'm gonna do it too. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, it was high, it was high in the early days, but I remember seeing him like <laughs> brush people's fucking body when he comes down, <laughs> like in like WWE. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, still, it's not that high. It kind of stays on the top rope. Yeah. See, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that, that's who I think of when I think of the shooting Matt star Seidel's, press, dude. Matt Seidel's. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at these later ones that he did. Yeah, it's it's exactly like I was saying. He like <laughs> nearly dies, and like the uh, that hats the flash, man. Matt Seidel's uh, shooting star press was is probably the best one I've seen. Yeah, Matt Seidel. Oh, I didn't even think about him. Yeah, Matt Seidel's shooting star press is just like fucking uninsane, like unbelievable. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Brock Lesnar's. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the Brock Lesnar's is pretty good if you can find a video of him doing it right. There's yeah, a, down the, in like I, OVW and everything. Yeah, all, yeah I've seen I, I've though. seen one. 
I've seen one in in OVW, and I've seen one that was on like a dark match of Raw. I actually saw it recently too. Like it's pretty good. You think he can pull it off now? Hey, if he does, maybe maybe they can actually live up to that title. If he wanted to, I think he could. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think he could. But like the thing is, is like the reason why he said that he couldn't do he he fucked it up in uh in in this match with Kurt Angles because they had a long match and it was mm-hmm. they were fucking tired and uh apparently he slipped a little bit and uh it wasn't it wasn't perfect but it, he's done it like a million times apparently and um yeah Brose would Angles really far too would you would you guys say if um he does whip out the shooting star press at let's say his match against Roman would it be the biggest WrestleMania match of all time that shit is insane, dude. <laughs> They're fucking propaganda machine shit. Oh my god. I and, and you know what? To be fair, they're 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 right. It is the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Uh, because there's never been a there's never there's never been a world title unification match. That's fair, but have, have the titles ever meant less than they do now? <laughs> you're right, but still, it's still a unification match. Like it's still their two world championships, so I would say yes, it is their biggest match of all. This, I mean, name one other one, name one bigger. Rock Cena, Rock Hogan. Rock Hogan was yeah, but that wasn't even the main event. It wasn't, but it, sh- it was a still a it big should, match. It, sh- it should have been a main event, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, yeah, I guess Rock Hogan maybe, but like yeah, they still there was no title on the line or anything. If you're if you're if you're a purist like me and you think the world title is means something, then the unification match is. Yeah, you're a fucking deal. mark. I think you can. I think you can go back and forth for that. <laughs> Sorry, okay. that was really funny to me. <laughs> okay, yeah, fucking mark. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right. It, it's it's up there, I guess. Oh, all right. Uh, do we have time for a couple more questions? Yeah, how many more do we have? We've got two more. Um. Okay, let's hear it. All right, we'll do uh, ex that dude Kato asked, "Who's better, masked or unmasked?" Kane. Masked. Yeah, I don't think that's. Easy. I don't think there's a whole lot of debate easy. here. <laughs> yeah, mask. Unmasked Kane was fine. Like I liked with like that they were trying to be creative with his character and mm-hmm. stuff, and he was cutting good promos. But you know, and those remember when they set Jim Ross on fire. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but like early days, Kane, when he was like, man, they had that shit down. Like they had the contact, they had the, uh, they had him like not talk, and he was le- he was legitimately scary looking. And um, I remember they would just like close up into his face, and he would just not move. And uh, so yeah, mask Kane was better for sure. Yeah, I'm not, and we're not talking about like like ter- put the mask back on Kane because that, oh, was, no, that, that was, was awful. Yeah, no, that was yeah. The one that mask it, was hideous. The, yeah, mask sucked. The one highlight I'll give to that run was when he was doing the corporate Kane thing too. Where like at the very end of that run, he did like this Jekyll and Hyde thing where he was like yeah. being all like nice office guy, but then he like had the mask on and was like stalking Seth Rollins. I thought that stuff was actually pretty entertaining, but other than that, it sucked. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even I, I liked I liked corporate Kane, like the idea of corporate Kane, because like I loved how he was wearing the suit with the red tie 
and he looked evil. Like he looked like he was just like simmering underneath like a surface of like being like a fucking guy at work. And I like that shit. I think like evil corporate guy is like legit. So I love that stuff. He always like in the beginning when he started doing corporate cane, he looked like he was always like angry and he looked like he was always like evil. Like you could see you could he was doing a really good job of conveying that there was like evil underneath, right? Um the the other thing, like when he came back in a mask after he had unmasked, uh, at the beginning it looked okay, and I love that he ch- he had a new finisher where he suffocated people, and they were making him like really vicious. And I guess they decided to pull the plug on that because right after that he wasn't suffocating anybody anymore. But at first he was using a suffocating finish, like he put his hand over somebody's mouth until they fucking passed out. That was fucking badass. Um, but no, mask early mask cane. That's best cane, and we have one more, right? Yes. Attitude era versus current era Survivor Series. Who y'all have on the teams and who wins? That's from Ex Brando. Are we talking about WWE or just I, like I would anybody? Assume. All right, you go first, Brose. Hear yours. Okay, okay, okay. Let me team. <laughs> so you get um, five people on each. All right. So if we're going just WWE, um, let's do Rock, Austin, Brett. Uh, Sean, Michaels, Sean Michaels, and Mick Foley. I think that's a that's. A I think solid, that's exactly uh, who I would pick. Yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. solid. That's really solid, yeah. Um, and then if we're going, our the, the, the hmm, hmm, this is hard. Um, current, current. Let's do Rollins and Reigns, obviously. Uh, dude, I wanted to put Cesaro on there, but now I can't. <laughs> which is it makes it easier, phenomenal, it? and yeah, <laughs> uh, McIntyre. Balor and what's the um, what's his name? Otis. Otis, the big guy. The big guy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Otis. Otis. I, I had too. Otis on my list too. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I sure did. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'd be a solid match. And you know what? Because uh, I, I think uh, I think I'd put this generation over because. For sure. You got to. You know, the old guys go out on their back. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's comes pretty backwards to Vince McMahon, but... <laughs> book them as baby faces. Let's hear yeah. yours, Koss. Um, so, I'm, I'm just going to keep that uh, Attitude Era one, as I said, that's exactly the one I had. As far as the current era, um, I'm going to go with Rollins, Lashley, uh, Gunther... Uh, the oh. former Walter, um, McIntyre, and Lesnar. Okay, okay. Those are pretty good. All right. Uh, mine would be, okay, I would go Austin, um, Mick Foley. Just like y'all. Uh, hold on, I'm going to pick somebody else. I guess The Rock. I was trying to, like, maybe throw a wrench in that. Gold Dust. Oh, well, there you go. And yeah, Gold Dust and um, 
I want to say Bret Hart, but he was kind of like a tail end. I'll take Jeff Jarrett because I like okay. Jeff Jarrett right now. Okay. All right. Like and then that. on my current era roster, uh, um, Walter, team captain. Um, definitely not Rollins. Uh, Otis is on my list. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, Chad Gable and Matt Riddle. Okay. Oh, I didn't even think about Matt Riddle. Yeah. I try not to think about him sometimes. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Really? It, it's just too much, like, too much of, like, the pot humor, and that's, like, all his character is now. I agree, but that's really on WWE. Yeah. And, like, he didn't, he wasn't doing that on the indies and Evolve or anything like that. He was amazing in Evolve. He really was. Yeah, and, uh... So is Timothy Thatcher. I would have put Timothy Thatcher on there if he didn't just get canned. Yeah, the release was made it easier. About right? him. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I can't. I, I can't wait to see him on Bloodsport. That's gonna be fucking awesome. But yeah, definitely Matt Riddle on there for sure. I can't think of like any else, but else I'd put on there. Like I guess like Kevin Owens or something like that. But oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of thought him and yeah. Sammy. There's, there's some choice. It's, it literally, it's just it just ends up being a list of people that we wish they would do more with or something. Right? Like I, I, I like had it as like a little bit of a mix. Like I was like, I mean, you can't, you kind of yeah. have that like Lesnar, right? Like I, yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. I should, you should definitely put Lesnar on there. Maybe I will put Lesnar in there instead of Chad Gable, and keep Otis on there. But like, dude, oh my god, like I don't want Seth Rollins on my fucking team. Like you, I'll no, no, thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. It's more of like a yeah. legacy respect thing than uh, <laughs> anything current. Dude, Jesus. okay, how about the Rollins? Rollins from like uh, five years ago. Yeah, I know. I still would. I, I, I if I if it, if I had to choose somebody else and it had to be Rollins or somebody else, and not the people that are already on my list, I would go. I would I would choose Ch- Chad Gable over him. I would choose Kevin Owens over him. I'd choose Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, there's so many people that I would choose way before Seth Rollins. It's fucking not even Baron funny. Corbin. Baron I would, Corbin. Okay, I wouldn't pick Baron Corbin. <laughs> the Chili's waiter. The freaking oh Chili's god. waiter. Oh, my God. Chili's fucking host. Oh, my God. Chili's manager. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Chili's. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Um. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a pretty fun question. But yeah, I'm definitely putting the new guys over. Like, oh yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't even think I'd put Stone Cold Steve Austin on my on my list of uh of Attitude Era guys. Who would you replace? You know, him he's with? like the biggest star. Uh, shit. Fucking. I don't like Steve Blackman. I would put anybody there. He's a wife beater. So fuck him. <laughs> so. Understand. Uh, I was I was honestly surprised you didn't have like when especially when you named Jeff Jarrett, you could have had Triple H and Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, just the double like reign of terror. <laughs> oh my god, the reign of terrors. Yeah, honestly, that would have been kind of cool. If I can put, put any of Steve Blackman. Well, now, what if you guys did people? Okay, so let's do another list because this is fun. Um, what if we did an attitude era just in wrestling in general versus a current era now in wrestling in general? Not WWE, not Ooh. limited to WWE. What would you do? Hmm. I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. I would take um I would take Hogan. No, 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 not fuck Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh I would take Kevin Nash. Um 
Why can't I think of people in WCW all of a sudden? Lance Storm. Um, Taz. Um, Glacier. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> and Sting. I take Sting. And Raven as my team for uh, for that. Maybe maybe the maybe I switch out the rock for uh, for Kevin Nash actually, and then for now I would go with Walter. So Walter for sure, um, Will Osprey, Shingo, Tomohiro Ishii, and um, Brian Danielson. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think um, it's good. I think so. Okay, so my attitude era, I think I'd have to put Goldberg on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like back then, Goldberg was the sh- was fucking cool. <laughs> um, wait, can Gold- I change mine? I fucking want Owen Hart on my team instead of oh, the Rock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, go, go, go. Ooh. Wait, okay. So how about I would do um I do Tajiri. I do uh Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Um Goldberg, okay. Chris Jericho and The Rock. Can you imagine like fucking Goldberg just like tagging <laughs> to tagging into Jerry or something. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know who else I would put on my team? I want fucking Rhino on my team too. I can't oh, fucking I'm not good at these lists. I fucking dude, end up having like fifty so people. Many. For, yeah. yeah, I want Rhino on my team. Oh, this is like Are you ready for this? This is a totally aside, but uh I'll, Steve Carino. Yeah, this is totally random, but it, when you mentioned Rhino it reminded me of this. He ran for mayor in a town near me. Uh, because he's yeah, from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. There's some great ads out there. There's one that he has like Kurt Angle, like ankle locking someone. It's like vote for Rhino, <laughs> vote for Rhino. It's great. I've seen that. I've seen those. That's hilarious. Did you vote for Rhino? He, he wasn't in my uh, ballot. Oh, uh, did he get? He got? Did he get elected? No. Oh, okay, it was like okay. he ran as a Republican in a uh, not friendly oh. uh, community for that. Oh, oh God. Okay, wait, wait. So here, oh, here's good. my twist. Here's one. You guys want to hear my twist? <laughs> I'm yes. putting I'm putting Chris Jericho on the current era team as well, <laughs> so he has to fight himself. <laughs> um, so be I do Chris Jericho, um, Kenny Omega, um, I'd still put Reigns on there because Rock Reigns that'd be a fun little thing, um. What else? Who else? I'm trying to think of people who are not in like AEW and WWE. Ooh, Okada. I put Okada on there. Okada and Osprey. Those are my last two. Boom. There. Done. Dream match. Nice. <laughs> There's so many I would fucking go with, man. It's just so weird. Yeah. I mean, have to all come up with. That's, only that's five. the beauty of you know Survivor Series. You can just book it Wait, you know, year after year. Why wasn't 
why wasn't Kurt Angle on any of our lists? I mean, oh fuck, shit! Yeah, oh, Kurt yeah. yeah, Kurt Angle. Right, Kurt Angle on my list. <laughs> I think it's just like in just my kidding. mind, at least I like. And some of the names I was thinking with Rose too, with like Guerrero, which like I, I know he was in WCW at the time, but I just associate them more so with the era right after. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I forgot like yeah because like they were all pretty active in that yeah. era at the same time they were just somewhere else they weren't in WWE. At least none of us put Chris Benoit on our team. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was gonna. I'm not gonna lie, but then I'm like, nah. Because then the Attitude Era would win because he just killed everybody. Oh my fucking god! (laughs) Uh, Oh no! Do I cut that out? No, keep it. No, I don't care. (laughs) Who cares? Fuck Chris Benoit. I hope he hears it. (laughs) (laughs) How's he gonna hear it? What did y'all? What would y'all do if like Chris Benoit just went into hiding and then like? But he came back, and like he, but he, his family didn't come back. But he came back, and like he fucking got a Twitter and stuff like that, and put out like an apology tweet on Twitter, oh like a fucking one of those like the, one of those like I'm canceled apology the, tweets. Better, better yet, how do you think? Like let's let's say we're at like the Royal Rumble, right? And number thirty, the music hits, and it's Chris Benoit's music, and he comes out. What what do you think happens? Like how does the crowd react to that? That, oh yeah, God. like, what do you Does do? it get a big like, pop? Be... Does he, like, get booze? No, like, be, and it's... <laughs> like, what if, like, Eddie Guerrero came back and it was, like, all at work? And, like, <laughs> I'd cry. Would I would you cry. Be, I would, would, you be ups- cry. would you be upset that... I'd be pissed. Would you cut MJF's promo on Punk? Yeah. <laughs> I would. <laughs> you were my hero and you ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, you ruined left. My life. You ruined my life by dying. But now you're back. <laughs> God. Oh man! My God! And what this if the, like the, such a the, the, turn? Yeah, but what if like and then the announcers are like, like my God, my God, Eddie's back! He's back! He's returned! He's here! He's here! <laughs> but like they don't like put over at all that he's just had been supposedly dead at all. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like my God, he's back! Dude, this is a fantasy booking, yet it's uh really emphasizing the fantasy, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying it's not a fantasy. It's a it's just a what if scenario. Yeah, it's a hypothetical. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I should yeah. give my teams real quick. Um, yeah. Attitude era. Um, I'll keep Stone Cold on there. I'll add in Kurt. Um, I guess I'll I guess I'll do Hogan as like kind of like the big star from WCW at the time. Um. Sting and then. Taz for ECW as the past team, and then the current one would be Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Kota Ibushi, I think, and then Will Ospreay. You played that one real safe. Uh, mm. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, but that's a that's a hell of a team right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But that's the right, listener questions that... for this week. Yeah. Those are... Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to uh, find out the date of our very first Twitch stream. We'll be doing a watch along of an old wrestling show. It should be a lot of fun. It was a request made by one of you. So uh, make sure you guys don't miss that and go follow our Twitch channel and follow all of our other social media. Again, we have big plans. Thank you so much for listening to episode five. We will see you uh, next week, may your may your days may your week have many monster pops. Bye. Later. <laughs>